bit musty there good evening and welcome to nufc matters uh also known as the five minute rant but we haven't really got much to rant about these days have we pete no definitely not i think uh any no. any little bit of ranting was done uh for those last two games but hey nine unbeaten nine points clear of the drop zone what's to rant about yeah no absolutely absolutely mate um so my name's chris hall and i'm joined by my good pal pete um so anyone who's new to watching hopefully we have loads of new new watchers um and yeah this is this is a show to the fans and we're here to talk all things newcastle united and pete like like i've just said it's um it's been a bit quiet hasn't it the, the past week or so i mean obviously the lads have been doing warm weather training in dubai um but you know what 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 have you kind of taken from the last few days obviously we've heard pete that uh kevin trippier and callum wilson are maybe coming back a bit sooner than expected certainly kevin trippier anyway um but you know i think i think i'm right in saying that the lads are home now i mean what what are, what are you expecting in preparation now for the tottenham game which i believe is on sunday um i'm expecting the boys to be worked hard this week um, if, if anyone's seen the the interviews from their war weather training in Dubai, the, 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 the lads have said, yes, they've had some downtime, but they've been worked really hard as well. And I expect that to to even double potentially in the build-up to this this Tottenham game. Because um, it's, it's a big game. I think it's, it, you know, it sets a precedent of what the next four games will look like. And let's be honest, if we look at the next four games, um, they are they are all winnable games um after after this Spurs game so it's we it was give us a, it was give us an indication of what type of Newcastle United team and squad of players we we're, we're going to see so it's a big week it's a big week but just from my perspective i think it's been nice that it's been relatively quiet um because normally during these international breaks you get kind of a lot of negative stories and a lot of rubbish being talked about I think the stuff with Chelsea has helped that because that seems to be the priority in the news at the moment, not necessarily Newcastle, which isn't a bad thing at all. Um, we've been talked about a lot in the near six months uh, since the takeover. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's been nice. It's been nice to kind of sit back when with decent position, playing good football, winnable games ahead. It, it, it's not a bad, not bad situation for Newcastle United to be in, that's for sure. No, I think... Do you know what? I think a lot of us were hurting when the obviously the Chelsea game uh, not so bad because obviously we were coming up against a very very good Chelsea side and I thought we did really well um, and obviously we were very unlucky to lose um, in the what the 88th minute from a, a great finish by Kai Havertz but Dan Bain just switched off that that you know that little moment and it, it was a shame really because he, he he's had a good performance up until then um, but yeah we can take the Chelsea one obviously you know you go to Stamford Bridge you don't expect to pick up three points let's be honest as certainly as Newcastle fans um, but then obviously we had the Everton game and me and you Pete we were we were that good park weren't we and it was it was disappointing because uh we came up and i'm sure you know a lot of a lot of everton everton fans will agree with this we we came up against a very poor everton side sorry i've got my wife there giving me uh that yeah yeah it, it was a uh, it was it was very disappointing because you know when you when all things considered and you know looking at the match there's no way we should have lost that game 
um a, a draw probably would have been a fair result on reflection you know especially with the with the uh you know the 10 men that everton ended up having but fair play you know they they, they got the three points and much needed three points on their part but it, it was weird pete and i know we've probably already spoke about this but i'm just going to touch on it again very briefly i don't know about you um, obviously, you know, there was a bit of a hangover the next day, you know, I was feeling a bit gutted, but I remember at the full-time whistle, um, you know, normally when you lose a game, you, you, you're devastated and like, oh, you know, you can't come to terms with it, especially when you deserve to win or at least get a draw. But for me, I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that anger or that real disappointment. And for me, it was because I was I was looking at the Everton fans and how delighted they were, understandably. Um, but I was just thinking... We're not going to have this problem in two or three years. This, this is not going to be. This is. We're going to turn up at places like Goodison Park and probably turn them over and probably get the three points. And we'll be battling at the other end of the table rather than towards the bottom, which we are now. Albeit we've, you know, moved away from that, you know, crux, uh, bottom four, bottom five. But it, yeah, it was. It was a weird feeling, and I, I can't remember ever feeling that way. Um, probably, probably maybe the Pardew days, you know, where we like we, we we were high flying at one point, and you know, if you don't get a win, you, you're obviously disappointed. But um, it just didn't feel as significant as how it did for the Everton fans. Whereas normally, you know, if if we're both kind of in and around mid table, you'd probably want the points more, if that makes sense. But with the, with the takeover and stuff, I, I'm just I'm kind of in a very relaxed mood, and even the, the days after it. You know, I had my brother-in-law, you know, uh, giving me up the toffees and all that. And oh. I was just like, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Well done. Well done with your three points. Uh, because I, I know, you know, the, the the brighter times are ahead of us. So I was just kind of in acceptance with it. And I was thinking the remaining games that we've got left, that that's where we'll pick our points up. That's where we'll hit the 37, 38 plus mark. So it didn't really concern me. I mean, what were you like a full-time, Pete? I know, I know you shot off because you wanted to try and beat the traffic. Um, so we didn't get a chance really to speak post-match. But, you know, were you feeling the same or were you just absolutely fuming at the fact that we'd lost? I mean, what what, what were your thoughts? Um, I've got to be honest, mate. I was distraught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to lie to you. I was absolutely distraught that we lost that game. I wanted, uh, I've said it before and I said it again, I wanted that dagger in the heart. I wanted to yeah, end yeah. any hopes yeah, yeah. that they had of staying in the league with such a rough run of fixtures. And I was absolutely gutted um, that, that we that we didn't win that game, That we, and even worse, that we lost it. But, you know... You kind of, I get where you're coming from. You kind of like start to kind of think uh, all the things that you've said about, you know, brighter times ahead. We're comfortable in the league. You know, you know, we're, we're going to pick up points between now and then the season that will keep us in the league and all the rest of it. And I was, I was kind of okay with it. And then yesterday, I started seeing some Everton videos pop up of their fans celebrating on the final whistle of the game again. And I'm just like, now I'm just pissed off all over again. It just wound me up an absolute treat. Yeah, yeah, I've stared it up now, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, it, it wasn't even that. Like, it just, I, I just desperately wanted to beat Everton. Uh, I want them relegated. I would love them to go down. Um, uh, even more so now on the back of that. And I just needed to get out of Goodison Park as quickly as I possibly could. So I didn't want to wait around for anything. But yeah, look, it is what it is. Um, from our perspective, I, th- I think we'll be fine. Um, yeah. we, we just need to, you know, really kind of kick back into gear again. Right. I've just had an urgent message from our good friend, John Justice Allen. 
Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight that. And John John has sent me a message to all the all the uh, all the people watching at the moment. Okay, so John has sent me a message saying that there is two tickets available for the ladies game to give away tonight. So the Newcastle Newcastle women for the first time are going to be playing at St James's Park, and tonight John is going to give away two tickets very very kindly. So I need to ask the following question. I'm going to put it in the chat shortly, but I'll just I'll just read it out so everyone listening can can hear uh, what the question is. Um, John has asked the question, who scored the first goal versus Bradford yesterday for the ladies? So the question again, who scored the first goal versus Bradford yesterday for the ladies? John has asked me to ask the question and he will keep an eye out for the winner and let us know. So interesting, interesting question, and yeah, two tick, two tickets uh, to see a bit of history being made. Um, you know, Newcastle ladies playing at St James's Park, so why not? Um, so yeah, well, I'll pop that in the chat, but um, but yeah, really, uh, really, really, well, I, I wouldn't mind them tickets, John. Just, uh, just letting you know. But um, but yeah, they're they're up for grabs tonight in the chat. So yeah, get get those answers in as quickly as you can. Oh, Andrew Bargate's come in with a, with an answer already. I don't, I'm not sure you're on the right lines there, Andrew. I don't think it'll be shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> right, without any further ado, I'm going to get the first guest on, Pete. Okay? Yeah, so we're joined by a regular friendly face. Welcome, Tony. Hi, lads. You all right? How you doing, How mate? You okay? Yeah, not too bad. I wasn't on last week because I was having my darts match. And, uh, so, yeah. How'd you get on? Uh, we lost two one to the team who are uh, so we lost to the team that are top. I lost me singles two one just, mm. and I lost in the doubles two one as well. So, yeah. So oh, we're third in the we're third in division two in their top, but yeah, they've won it by a street anyway. So, but we didn't do too bad. We only lost five four overall. Oh, so one of those games had I won main, or we would have won that game, no problem. But. Yeah. Um, we just haven't got enough points to go up this season, but you know, hopefully next year. Definitely. But um, right. talk to us. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, first of all, what I want to say is I want to go back to the Everton game. Um, not so much on the performance, but I know I don't really want to give this guy any airtime, but it's just a few points I want to raise about it, and just want to see what you guys think. So, first of all, this protester comes on the pitch. Um, straps his neck to the goalpost. Yeah. So my my thing is, now I've been to a, a lot of football grounds and I've seen a lot of security. And what I want to know is how, I mean, obviously before we got the match, he must have measured this cable tie because it was a double tie. So he measured how to get it around his neck quick. And he must have already had it done. So I want to know how he got past the security, onto the pitch to start with. Then he gets to the goalpost and manages to strap the thing round the goalpost and round his neck and strap it in without being challenged. Where the hell was the security for that? What were they doing? I mean, you know, as a Premier League ground, that should be watertight. I mean, the night before, Liverpool played Arsenal away. Somebody tried to do it and they got stopped. Then after our game on the Sunday, the two people tried to do it at West Ham, handcuffed ourselves to the posts and they got stopped. So what is going on at Everton is, I mean, I know you're down there, Chris, uh, up there, Chris, and then, um, you know, your, your wife and you've got friends who are Blues fans. Mm -hmm. 
is the security not that tight at Everton? Because technically, <laughs> if it it obviously isn't, but should the Premier League not be stepping in and asking the questions, why has that protester managed to get on the pitch and tie himself to the goalpost? And then they come out. Then the next thing is a fan comes out the ground and says, Oh, by the way, there's a knife. Do you want to use that to cut it? Says, oh, I'm laughing, it's so funny. It's just I'm laughing because it's balls of line. Ridiculous. Then, it sounds like a bad comedy, doesn't it? Oh, that doesn't that doesn't that's no good and handed it back though. Yeah. No, I and know. whether this knife was legal, because I know some people said it's illegal, it's probably legal, it's probably a work knife. Irrespective of that, that doesn't matter. You should yep. not be carrying a knife of any sort into any football ground whatsoever. Nope. I mean, I remember about 10 years ago, I went, I traveled to Dover to go to Calais. And I remember just going for something in my compartment. I thought, oh, I've got my work knife in there. And I felt really guilty about that and hoping I wasn't going to get searched. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, how he even got into a ground with a knife? I mean, I know you don't really get searched, but for the steward to hand that back, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Do you, do you know what, Tony? It's, it's a fantastic point. And I think... Um... I think this was something there, Steve and the and Steve and Steve and Mitch were talking about and the three amigos from from memory. Um, it is this day and age, it's actually quite frightening, isn't it? I know, I, yeah. I know, I was laughing before, but it is, it is, it's quite frightening that that kind of thing can happen. So touching first on the knife, um, the fact that a fan can just walk in with one. I mean, really, I, I know anybody could probably do that because you could probably hide it in so many different parts of your body. Yeah. It's probably not that difficult to do. But the fact that then the stewards has gone, when the fans suggested it, the stewards took it and then gone, oh, yeah, here's your knife back. It, it, it's just, it's bizarre, isn't it? And I think yeah. um, it kind of shows, it kind of shows, you know, how how society is, is going, really. Because I, I, I don't necessarily think that that would have happened many years ago. But scarily, a lot of people do carry knives. Um, obviously, yeah. I, don't, I don't condone that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, some people will, you know, have it on their possession with regards to work and things like that, which I completely understand. But really, you know, nobody nobody should be doing that, and especially not to a football match. Um, but yeah, in terms of the fan getting on the pitch as well, Tony, it was um, it, it it was quite a shock and. It, just, it baffles me how he managed to get on the pitch and then managed to put the you know the tire around his neck yeah. and nobody approached him. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that is worrying. I mean, do, do you know what I will say? And I don't want to sound like I'm I'm defending Everton in any way. Um, that really wouldn't surprise me if that happened at a lot of clubs. I'm 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 sure there's probably clubs out there whose security is very very good, but that's not to say that Everton's is particularly bad. I think it's just that as a whole. I think it, you know, increasing security or making security better. It could probably don't be done across a lot of teams, not just Everton. Um, yeah. We do, we do see things happen, you know, when players manage. Uh, sorry, not players. Fans manage to get on the pitch. Um, it's probably something that they need to really do a review of and see if they can improve as a whole, not just not just Everton. But I mean, Pete, what what were your thoughts at the ground? I mean, I know my view. Um, I knew there was a disruption, but it was at the other end of the pitch, and as I'm sure it was for you, but you were in the upper bullens, I was in the lower. Um, <clears throat> and all I remember seeing is just these big massive cutters going past. Um, so I assumed that he'd handcuffed himself and that they were to cut metal. I hadn't realised that it was to cut plastic. Um, just one quick thing. So, yeah, you know sure. when that guy had them ball cutters and they were, they were keep trying with it and... And did you see the teeth on that guy? Surely his teeth would have cut that rather than them ball cutters. Hey, yeah, he was he was really putting an effort into it, wasn't he? 
wasn't he just yet? Yeah, he was going for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he, he, yeah, you're right. You're right, Terry. He's got a lot of popularity on the back of that uh, since uh, certainly on social media. But um, it, I actually saw it quite early on and I had to kind of take a double take and there was just a guy next to me and I said, um, I said, oh, have you seen that? And this is before it, before the, the game was was kind of still going at that point. The ref hadn't noticed or even stopped the game, and he was just kind of like it just looked like he'd stood next to the post. Like I don't know if any of you seen a video on Twitter that was going around a few weeks before, or even longer than that, where you got a you got a West Ham fan that jumps over the the, the borders and he just kind of he's standing about. about 10 foot from the goal as if he's like a, a parent just watching the game um, and then the steward just kind of walks up to him and that ushers him away it, it felt a little bit like that obviously we're quite far away and we couldn't see at that point what had actually happened uh, we just looked like he just wandered onto the pitch and was just kind of stood next to the goal um, it was only until after that and we saw the bobkers get kind of ran onto the pitch that we thought it was something more I thought initially that he'd handcuffed himself to the post. And I thought, you know, there were police officers going over. I thought they were looking for a key in order to un unpick the lock um, and various other things. And then to find out afterwards that it was something to do with his neck is crazy. But the one thing I'll say, and I don't, I don't blame Everton for this, stewards or not, because if you look at a lot of grounds in this country, across Europe, you know, you've got you've got some people that are, that can run onto the pitch and make it to the, to the centre circle, or even the opposite end of the pitch, in, before a steward even gets anywhere near them. So, yeah, yeah. in order in order to, in order for him to to get over the the, the borders, the the sponsors, and tie himself up, it wouldn't actually take that long to do. Now, if you've seen. And you mentioned, you alluded to it as well, Tony, that there's been a few that have tried it since. Now, there was one that got quite close. I'm not sure if it was Wolves, where they managed to stop it, stop the person really quickly. And if you look from the video, how quickly he jumps over the side, gets to the post, and he's literally in, trying to do it instantly. And it, and, and it can be as quick as that. Now, yeah. because it wasn't a known thing then, he would have had more time to be able to do that. So he probably did it just as quick and nobody would have noticed because everyone's watching the ball, everyone's watching the players. He just wanders onto the pitch, just does it relatively quickly and it's done and not even the stewards would recognise it. So I don't put that at Everton's feet at all, but I think what it should be is a wake-up call for all stewards and all security at football to be tighter. It needs to be tighter because, you know, yes, he, he, he tied his neck to the, to the post, but if that was someone that wanted to do some serious damage to a professional footballer on the pitch, they could do that. And one, yep. the player would have no idea what's going on because they'd be coming from behind if it was the goalkeeper, for example. And two, you know, who's to say what, what, what they're carrying? We already know that Everton yeah. fans gave the steward a knife and then got given it back. So who's to say what they're carrying in there? And I've got to be honest, the one thing I will go on to Everton about is that their checks were poor. The stewards outside the ground, their checks into the ground were not good. So I'm not surprised that we got that noise about 
um, yeah. a fan, an Everton fan, having a knife and, and, and all the rest of it. It doesn't surprise me because the checks and the quality of stewardship on that night outside the ground was awful. It was really, really bad. It was the worst I've seen. And, you know, I've been to championship games with Newcastle, um, you know, up and down the country. And I've been to a lot of Premier League games with Newcastle up and down the country over a number of years. That was the worst. Yeah. I mean, thing is, I mean, really, though, there should have been a wake-up call before even this started because if you go back to the FA Cup fourth-round tie with Forrest and Leicester, when that Leicester fan got on and assaulted the players, yeah. that's where security should have been beefed up from then yeah. because what if he was carrying a knife in his pocket? Exactly. You just don't know what people are carrying. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, j I just wanted to just bring that point up, you know. No, it's a very valid point, Tony, and yeah. you, you're absolutely right. And, it, it, you, you know, we don't want it to get to the point where someone's, you know, um, done some serious harm and then they take action. Really, you know, the action should be taken now um, because, the, like you say, there was there was definitely an opportunity for that fan to be able to do far worse than what he did, which ultimately yeah. was strap himself to a post. But it, yeah. it, could have been, it could have been far worse. It could have been, yeah. Um, obviously, we're on a break now, aren't we, from the Premier League, but we've got Spurs on Sunday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, st I still can see Everton struggling anyway and probably hopefully go, hopefully go down because <laughs> um, they've got to play West Ham away on Sunday. Is it Saturday or Sunday? And then, yeah, got, it's West Ham away. And yeah. they've got Burnley away on the Wednesday. That's it, that's it. And the, the, we were talking about our game being a six point to Sony. I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Is yeah, yeah. it next Wednesday? Yeah, that's yeah. a rearranged uh, game. Uh, week on Wednesday. Yeah. What a big week for Everton. Huge. Is huge. And it's a and it's at Burnley. It's at yeah. Burnley. Yeah. And remember that Burnley win that week. Oh, I'm about to tune in for that one. I have to do a watch along, Pete. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'd like to talk a bit about the transfer window. Obviously, I can see us being safe anyway because we've got the games to make us safe. You know, um, we can find another couple of wins out of there mm -hmm. somewhere along the line. We got Palace to play, we got Norwich to play. So you know, there's there's plenty there. There's Wolves to play because um, they've been a bit dodgy at the moment. But yeah. um, transfer window-wise, I mean, I see there's a couple of strikes we've been linked to, like Darwin Nunes, who I would love to see come to town because I think he's an excellent striker. And um, Victor Oss Ossimin. Ossimin, yeah, from uh, from Napoli. And I, he used to play for Lille, if I remember. Um, yeah, I think I he think, did. He yeah. did. He was, he was in the French League, yeah. I'm sure because he was. I saw him in a few Champions League games and he, he, he looked good then for Lille. Mm, mm, um, he did. So he's not... a Tell you what, a hundred million euros not a bad shout, that is it? No, not at all, not at all. I think, then, um, I think it's a, it's a it's an investment, isn't it, Tony? Because he's he's very young as well. Uh, he's got yeah. a, he's got a lot of years ahead of him. So yeah, he's, he's only twenty four, and Nunes yeah. is twenty two. Yeah, yeah. So really, technically, they they've got a lot of years in them there. And um, defense wise, I still think we'll go for Botman. I still think. I mean, I read reports that apparently we've agreed personal terms with him. How true that is, I do not know. Yeah, but, it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't surprise me if we'd agreed terms with him in January as well, in the hope that um, you know, we could have agreed the deal with Lille, and obviously that didn't yeah. happen. So, you know, I think I think we saw from his statement, didn't we? Um, I think you know, 
when when he released his statement saying, oh, you know, I was interested in the Newcastle projects and I'm also interested in AC Milan. AC Milan kind of felt like a bit of a second option to me. I, yes. I think if we go back in for him for the summer, I, I, I think we, we get him. As long as we agree that fee with, Le- with Lille, I think he'll join us over AC Milan. And plus, Tony, I think... Did, have, have Lille got a good relationship with AC Milan and they were hoping to sell him to AC Milan? But ultimately, well, yeah. if we agree the same fee... I think he chooses us. But then weren't AC Milan due to saying that Renato Sanchez in January, but that fell through for some reason, didn't it? I yeah. can't remember if it was over the fee or or what, yeah. or was it, you know. Um, so, yeah, so that sort of fell through. Um, but, um, <clears throat> but no, we've, uh, we, we definitely need some players in for sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, what about Paqueta from Leon? Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, that would uh, that wouldn't be bad, would it? That wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't at be all. bad at all. That one, no, no, no. But um, you know, and, and obviously we still need another goalkeeper to challenge with Dubravka because I think, to be fair, Darlow doesn't want to be here, does he? Really, you can see that. Um, and obviously, Woodman, he's gone on loan, but he's not really playing, is he? He's sitting on the bench now for Bournemouth. Just yeah, this is this loan. is it, isn't it? Yeah. I, I I think um, I think in the summer we do we do see some changes in the goalkeeping department. I think we're bringing someone to challenge Martin Zabravka for the number one, um, yeah. and I think I think Carl Darlow will probably go, um, yeah. and I think Freddie Woodman could go on a permanent deal rather than another loan because really, unless unless we can give him guarantees that he's going to be at least fighting for the number one, which I don't think we will. No. Unless, of course, we end up getting rid of the Bravka and Woodman comes in, who will challenge the new number one. Who knows? But um, you can you can tell that he's not Eddie Howe's not wholly convinced on the Bravka. I just I just get that impression, um, and I think Eddie Howe probably wants his goalie to be a bit more comfortable on the ball. And sadly, the Bravka isn't very comfortable on the ball when he's got it at his feet. I mean, who who would you want as a keeper? I mean, I know we're linked with Dean Henderson. Apparently, we've been linked to All Black as well from Atletico. Because I mean, All Black, mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, All Black would be something else. Um, just, I feel, I feel like he's probably that's probably two or three seasons too soon um, to attract someone of his ability. Yeah, I mean, exactly. if you ask most people who the, the oh, best God, goalie yeah. in the world is, his name gets mentioned. Yeah. Um, so we he's might be too keeper. soon for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think um, Dean Anderson's probably doable. Yeah. Um, whether or not Man United had sell to us, I don't know. Um, that's the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, you know. I'm, I'm, I, I think it wouldn't surprise me if you know we we you know we've got this really good scouting network and you know there'll be yeah. loads of players on the list wouldn't surprise me if we went for you know a player from abroad and we just yeah. brought brought them in it really wouldn't surprise me so like you know like an oblack but maybe not as high profile um yeah. you know someone from a from like a, a french club or a german club or italian club someone who's on the fringe or is due a step up it wouldn't surprise me if we went for someone you know from a, yeah. a modern league but what about Navas? He's sitting on the bench at the minute for PSG, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaelin Navas. He, he's. Um, I've never, I've never been that keen on him to be honest. But no. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, he's a massive, massive upgrade on what we've got. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he could be. He could. Uh, he, he could be an interesting one. And do you know what? Dan Smirnoff just made a fantastic point saying, uh, "Did Dubravka get injured during the internationals?" I, I heard the same. 
Uh, Dan, I've got to be honest, I haven't really been on Twitter that much over the last few days. Well, I uh, heard but... last night you had a heart problem. but Oh, really? I... But then somebody said it's illness, so we don't know what's going on. Somebody said he had angina. Yeah. But then somebody says, oh, it's an illness now, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who who knows? Who knows? But uh, Pete, have you heard? Uh, welcome back, by the way. <laughs> I'm just going to throw a question straight at you then. I apologise, I've had a bear. No, um, don't worry, mate. Don't worry. In the house, it's just gone, gone down, everything's oh. gone. So I've had to wait for it to start back up to my bad. But yeah, what, what did I miss? <laughs> no, no, we were just we were just talking goalies, Pete. And uh, yeah, I was conscious, I just invited you back in and then just threw a question at you. But yeah, we were talking goalies and we were saying, you know, we think that uh, Dubravka could end up getting replaced uh, next season. And um, Tony was saying to me, you know, who, who would you go for? And I was saying, well, you know, we've been linked with Henderson and um, Oblak. Tony, Tony mentioned Oblak, and I said, I feel like it's a bit too soon for Oblak because he's he is literally like levels. And I think maybe two or three seasons we might be going for the likes of him. But maybe for me, I think we're going to end up going for someone abroad. Maybe. I, I couldn't name you a keeper because there's that many and uh, we've not really been linked with anyone. But I, I personally can see us going for like a foreign keeper who's, you know, a, a decent or a, a good, you know, Italian side, German side, Spanish side, someone like that, where we make, uh, you know, their due a step up and, you know, they're a very good keeper. That's how I see it, because I don't think it'd be very easy. Um, I don't think it'd be very easy to get the likes of Oblak or even Dean Henderson. Because I think Man United just might think we're not selling him to you. But what are your thoughts, Pete? Well, Man United have already tried to do that because as as much as it can be believed, we we tried to get Dean Henderson on loan in January, and it was Man United that were playing hardball. And there's only so long you can play hardball with Dean Henderson because he came back when when Sheffield United wanted him again. Um, and he, and they said no because we're going to give him a chance to be number one. He had an opportunity. Then when he made one mistake, he was out, and he hasn't really been back since. So at that point, he was on the verge uh, of playing for England as, as as a number one. He was about to be given an opportunity. So he must be he must be kicking himself that he stayed at Man United now because they're not using him at all. Um, and I believe in the summer that Dean Henderson will leave. Now, if you're asking me who I go for, he he's he's the one keeper at the moment, and he's he's English as well, which makes it even better that that he would he'd be the keeper that I would go for if I'm if I'm being honest, totally honest. Um, he's a very 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 good goalkeeper, um, and I think he's got levels. I think he can get even better. I think what he's 25 years old. A goalkeeper can play at the highest level until. You know, you're looking at 35 at least, sometimes yeah, yeah. 37. So yeah, you, yeah. you've probably got another 10 years left of, of Dean Henderson at the top level. Um, and I, you know, if he can, if he, if he can regather the type of form he 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 brought under Sheffield United in their first season, they they nearly got European football off the back of that, mm-hmm. and it was because of his goalkeeping ability they kept so many clean sheets he's a perfect goalkeeper look we're not going to it won't be cheap we'll be playing the best part of 25 million at least for him but you know you've got a top quality goalkeeper there there's another there's other goalkeepers um i like um lafont um i think he plays for non in france yeah I, I like him goalkeeper. i really like him um i think he's a, he's a little bit younger than um than henderson 
very, very good goalkeeper, very highly rated in France. I think he'd be good. Um, where, where was he before Nantes, Pete? Because didn't he, didn't he move to Nantes? I thought he, he was at a different French club. Yeah, I, I, and I'm not... I, I don't I'm just remembering this off FIFA. Right. That's why I'm saying it because he wasn't yeah. at Nantes. Right, he wasn't somewhere else, but he's he's been talked about a lot recently. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And then um, oh, I think someone else mentioned it um, before, um, but he's actually a really good goalkeeper and actually at times kept the gear out of the number one at Span in the Spanish team, and it's Unai Simon. Um, I think yeah. he's Bill Bow. Um, yeah, Bill Bow. Yeah. If, if we're going to go for a good continental goalkeeper, he's the type of goalkeeper you want to go for because they're not always playing European football. They're on the peripheries of European football and not. Um, so it's not like they're playing regularly in Europe and therefore, you know, they he's kind of demanding to play European football. He's kind of the goalkeeper that has got levels to his game that you could bring in as part of a project and really make him even better than what he is. And he's a Spanish international goalkeeper who's played as, as number one on a few occasions. So you've got players like that. But for me, Dean Henderson is is, is a no-brainer to, to get in first. But look, I, I, I don't think it'll be a case of well, bringing in the goalkeeper, Dubravka, you're out. I think it'll be a case of just like with Dan Byrne and Lascelles, it's just like with Willock and Joe Linton and Shelby with Gamerez, it's a case of, right, we're bringing in another quality player that plays in your position. Shelby yeah. that won Dubravka, you can be fit to play every week. And when you're in the sticks, Shelby that you deserve to stay there. They give the same opportunity to Jamal Lascelles. And unfortunately for Jamal Lascelles, he was ill, which brought Dan Byrne in. It wasn't a case of he was rubbish and then chucked out the team. He... Um, you know, because at that point he had he put together two or three decent games. He was told it's your spot to lose. He was ill. Dan Byrne came in, and rightly so, hasn't then come back out of the team since. Joe Willett was given the same grace as well as John, John Joe Shelby. Now th this is where it's interesting because John Joe Shelby's been out of the team. Bruno Gomerez has come in, and now what do you what you're going to do now? It's going to be an interesting thing come come Saturday afternoon. So sorry, Sunday afternoon because. Who do you choose? But um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it, it's time we had proper competition for our number one spot. Yeah, yeah. No, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more, mate. Tony, we're going to have to wrap up shortly, mate, but did you have any any other points you wanted to go go over? Or? Um, no, I was just going to say there, that's that's exactly what we need. We need competition. I mean, you look at Man City, they've got two teams or maybe three teams. <laughs> you know, they can put Grealish on the bench one week and Ford on the bench one week, but they can bring players in equally as good. Yeah. Uh, from better, so, you know, so it's absolutely, yeah, that's what we need to be doing. Having having enough so we can say, right, okay, we've got two teams here. And we know they're all competing to get in that starting 11. And that's what you want. You want competition. You want to give Eddie Hell that headache. Yeah, like absolutely. He's, he's got, you know, because he has got a headache now because he's got to think on Sunday, who do I put in? Do I, do I stick? Or do I bring Shelby back? But who do I drop to put Shelby back in? It's a, it's one, it's a conundrum, isn't it? But it's a nice one to have. Definitely, you know. Um, but go to Sunday's game now, depending on what Spurs team turns up, because you never know what team turns up. Um, I don't even think Spurs know themselves what team will turn up. If if they don't click, I'll fan I fancy a one-all draw. Um. 
we the last time we won there with fans was when uh, Joe Linton scored. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, it was a nice finish actually, wasn't it? Yeah, with, yeah. with, with his left foot. Yeah, yeah, nice one nil. But yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to take yeah. one nil on Sunday, yeah. but I'll, I'm going to go for a one-all draw, and I'm going to say Bruno will score again. Ooh. Oh, that. Um, and then Kane will probably score against us as usual because he always seems yeah, to yeah, score does. against us. Yeah, I know some does, people have banged the drum saying, "Well, why don't we bring Kane in?" But He's 27, 28 at 150 million. It's a lot of money for a player that age. No, when... you know what? Not at that price, mate. Not for, not being, not for me. Not, not for me. Not being funny, if this um, Victor Rossamine that we're mentioning and also Darwin Nunes, you could get them two for just over 150 million and you've got two there. And yeah. the ball, one's 24, one's 22. I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those fans who's like, I don't want Kane. Um, no. and, you know, if we signed Harry Kane, I'd be delighted. Don't get oh, me wrong. But if you gave me a choice of signing, uh, you know, a Darwin Nunes or a Victor Osman and then improve other areas of the squads, I'd prefer that over yeah. putting 150, like you say, Tony, 150 million against Harry Kane. I mean, I, I've had concerns over Harry Kane over the last 12 to 18 months. I, I, I worry that he's lost a yard of pace. I worry yeah. that he's coming so deep. He's not staying He's not staying in that number nine position as much. Um, I... I know he's not, he's, well, I'm saying I know, I don't know for a fact, but I get the impression he's not happy at Tottenham. Um, people say, you know, he's the ultimate professional and I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. Um, you know, he's still doing a job for Tottenham, but his head was definitely turned by Man City. Um, and then I, I, I do believe that, you know, that deal was going to happen. And then I think maybe Man City have gone, hang on, you know, put the brakes on. We've got, yeah. we've got Erling Haaland there who's, who's going to have a release clause this summer. Do we do we keep our pals dry and wait for Erling Haaland? Because if you give me a choice now between Erling Haaland and uh, Erling Haaland and Harry Kane, I pick Erling Haaland every day of the week purely for the fact of what he could be, where where he could go. And I do I do believe I do believe that Haaland will end up at Man City, especially Absolutely. given his connections of his dad, especially yeah. especially for that reason. Yeah, because his dad played for City and Forest, didn't he? So yeah, yeah. but um, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say not to have an Harry Kane, but the no, other no. the other thing is Daniel Levy wouldn't sell to us anyway. Probably not. Or he'd he want an extra thirty four million. Anyway, doesn't he? So yeah, yeah. We're paying two hundred million if we get. He was the one against our takeover, and then said to the PIF, "Come and buy Tottenham instead." <laughs> you know, that just shows you the matter yeah. of that guy's. Yeah, I can't you stand it. You won't be getting three billion for that club, I tell you. Oof, no, they're in debt, aren't they? Huge debt, aren't they? Because they've got yeah. to pay for that stadium, haven't they? Yeah, this is it. This yeah. is it. Well, anyway, Tony, thank you very much for coming on, mate. Always no much problem, appreciated. Lads. Yeah. Um, always nice to spend time with you. Yeah. And uh, look forward to seeing you next week. And yeah. we'll okay, be talking lads. all things Tottenham. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll take, like I say, I'll take a point now and I'm having a yeah. Peroni. Oh, good man. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. I'd, way, I'm like you. I'd take a point as well. Yeah. One quick thing. Nice one, North Macedonia, by the way. Oh, I know. I know. What a result that was. What a hell of a result that was. I wonder if I the had the best on that, mate. Yeah. Because nobody well. expected that, did they? I didn't expect that, to be honest. When I saw that score come through, I thought, 92nd minute, North Macedonia, I've won it. And I thought, what? Mental. To knock yeah. them out. Wow. I would love to see them beat Portugal now just to get the World Cup. That would be a fairy tale, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 But who knows? Absolutely. Who yeah. knows? Who yeah. knows indeed? But exactly. yeah, thank you very thank you very much, Tony, as always, mate. Always All nice. the very best and look forward yeah. to catching up with you next week, mate. 
See you later, your darts. See you later, mate. Thank you. Bye. Good to have Tony on. Yeah, definitely. Always covers loads of different topics. So we were, yeah, while you were out, Pete, we were we were mainly talking about goalkeepers, um, because it, it's weird, isn't it? Well, I don't know about you, but. I always think it's funny talking about goalkeepers because when when the takeover was announced, that was like one of the last positions I was even thinking of. Like it didn't even, you know, when they said, "Oh, we need to improve this and this and this and this," I, I didn't say goalie. I I was thinking, yeah, do you know what? Dubravka's fine, absolutely fine with Dubravka. You know, you've got Freddie Woodman there potentially who could come back in, um, another season under his belt. Um, Carl Darlow's all right. Uh, he probably does need upgrading, but he's certainly not one of the players that I look at immediately and think, oh, God, you know, we need a better number two. I, d- I don't necessarily think that. It was all different positions around the pitch. But now, as fans, we, we, we seem to be talking about the goalkeeper position even more than the midfield, which, I'd, I'd, you know, well, yeah. I would never thought that we'd do. It's, yeah, it's, it's the it, accumulation of injuries over there over the last couple of years. Dubravka's had two really big injuries that have kept him out for a significant yeah. period of time. Now, any successful football team has their goalkeeper there 98% of the time. Yeah, they have, they'll have, They'll always have the odd injury that they may miss two or three games in a season, but to miss huge chunks of the season that is, is effectively is, is effectively missed the whole season overall with the last two injuries because both of those injuries have kept him out for pretty much the first half of the season. So it's a long time and, and you can't keep, and what, at 33, 34 years old, you cannot keep relying on a goalkeeper that could have another injury like that. So at some point, you have to then look ahead and look, this is Eddie Howe's team. Uh, he's inherited Dubravka, and I'm sure he's not sad about that. But he's 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 going to want to put his own stamp on it. Um, yeah. You know, with the way he plays football, with the way he wants to play football, he's going to want a ball playing goalkeeper. He's going to want a goalkeeper that's confident on the ball. Dubravka's got better. Um, Darlow's not good enough on the ball. Um, you could argue he's probably not good enough in the sticks either. But um, with Dubravka, uh, you know, he's going to. He, you know, he's Dubravka would would end up being a good backup, and I think Dubravka would want to stay at Newcastle and and be number two and and push um, the the number one goalkeeper because he's at that age now where you know he, he's kicking on. Um, I, I think he'd be happy to to, to play that role. So I, I don't see it as a problem. Um, I think it's part of that building. It's important to have that spine of a, of a team. But yeah, I think it's interesting. I'm looking at some of these questions that are coming up on our chat tonight. There are some top, top, top questions. As yeah, I'm looking forward to going through them, Pete. Um, I am looking forward to them. There are some really good ones um, coming out. But I just want just, just uh, in fact, you know what? I'll wait because uh, I, wanted oh, to come back, I wanted to come back to the Harry Kane. Oh yeah, well we will, we will. Yeah, remind me, Pete, and we will when we go into our our little uh, Q and A. We we will come back to Harry Kane. That can be the first thing we talk about. And funnily enough, I wouldn't mind. Um, oh, in fact, you know what? I'll just say it now while we're talking about goalies. So Barry Cope's put here, um, and the, I'm going to talk about this very briefly before we bring our our next guest on. Barry Cope has mentioned there about Leno from Arsenal. Um, now, Pete, I don't know about you, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I I've kind of shuddered. The last few weeks when we've been linked with the likes of Bernd Leno and Kepe from Chelsea. And I've just thought, no, 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 no. I mean, that that's my personal opinion. Like, I, I, I've i not seen... I, I, I thought at the time that Leno was very overrated, if I'm honest, Barry. Um, 
you could argue is an upgrade on Dubravka. You could argue. Um, but certainly Kepper as well. I know Chelsea forked out a lot of money for him. Um, record, and he's record never, price, I Yeah, yeah. He's, it was like 72 million or something, something like that. And it, it's just, it, it's that, well, that was one of uh, Frank Lampard's sirens. And I know Frank Lampard gets a lot of stick for all the money he spent. So that's probably money badly spent. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't look at the likes of Kepper or, um Leno and think oh they're the way forwards. I mean am I am I being am I being a bit um a bit harsh there, Pete, or am I am I kind of being a bit of a, a bit of a snob? But for me, I would rather look at other keepers or you know, like a Dean Henderson. Even if we've been linked with the likes of Nick Pope. I wouldn't mind Nick Pope at all. But I'd take Nick Pope over Leno and Kepa personally. But you know, I know we we've already talked about different ones, but what are your thoughts specifically, Pete, on Kepa and Leno, for example? Um, no, I don't think you're. I don't think you're turning your nose up in the wrong way. I don't think you're being snobby in any way, shape, or form. Uh, neither of those goalkeepers, in my opinion, are better than Martin Dubravka. Um, they may have had better moments earlier on in their careers, but neither of them, at this moment in time, or I would say in the last two or three years, um, are playing better than Martin Dubravka. I wouldn't even have Sommer. I don't rate Sommer. Would you not have uh, Sommer? No. I, I, I don't rate him, and and I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't take Nick Pope either. I would, I just no. wouldn't. Uh, the, the thing, the big thing for me, uh, uh, when we're looking ahead, I don't want a goalkeeper to come and sidestep in and join Newcastle United. If we sign Nick Pope, Nick Pope is no better than Martin Dubravka. I would say out of all of those goalkeepers we just mentioned, in Kepa, um, Leno, um. Nick Pope is probably better than both of them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. He's not Nick Pope's not levels above, but he's probably better than Leno and Kepper. Yeah. But you're right; it's not but a big upgrade. There. And this yeah, is the yeah. thing: with every yeah, yeah, player yeah. that we bring in now, with every player that we're looking at, we've got to look. Okay, are they better? Um, like, are they better than what we've already got? Bruno Gomez better than what we've got. Dan Byrne better than what we've got. Kieran Trippier better than what we've got. You know, um, Matty Target, or, or as Alan in the chat says, Target, um, it, you know, <laughs> better than what we've got. The only one you could probably question mark is Chris Wood, but he he, he he does elements of his game better, but he's probably not better overall. He was probably more of the, the panic buy. We needed a striker. I don't think we would have signed Chris Wood um, if we'd have had Callum Wilson. I think we'd have maybe splashed out a little bit more and signed somebody else personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's what we need to be looking at now. Is Dean Henderson better than Martin Dubravka? In my opinion, yes. You know, Tom's put, I'd like to, uh, Tom Dixon's put, I'd like to, let me put it in there. Sorry, like, Pete, I've just ruined on as well. Sorry, mate. I've done, done it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, Tom Dixon said, I, I'd like to get uh, Jan Oblak. He he's one of the best in the world, of course. I would take him all day long, but we're not playing European football. That boy is not dropping out of European football to play for Newcastle United, not yet. Like we will, we would need to be playing any form of European football. I mean, I'm talking even Europa Conference if we got Europa Conference. If we're guaranteed to play European football, we are going to attract much better players to the club because then they'll be moving not just because of playing European football because of the project and the fact they can see progression from the club but we need to be signing players that are coming in that are better than what we have 
and that is the key to Stegen. Don't know just put him to Stegen. Good shout, fantastic yeah. keeper. You know, if Barcelona are looking to move him on, um, we were linked heavily with him in in, in January in the early parts. It kind of di- it disappeared, but we were linked with him. If we, it, it, with Barcelona's financial situation, could he come to us? Maybe the similar similar situation with um with Oblak. Is that is he going to want to drop out of European football to come play for Newcastle? Probably not yet. So we need to look at that that goalkeeper just underneath you to Stegens and Oblaks. And for me, Dean Henderson is that guy. I'm not saying he's the only option. Unai Simon is there as well. Um, Lafont is probably a little bit further down than them, but he's a little bit younger. He's got even more potential than probably both of those goalkeepers. I just I, I don't know. Am, am I wrong in, in in that mentality, Chris? I, I don't no, know. No, no. Pete, like I say, when you were gone, mate, we we um, we were well. I was kind of saying the same thing about Oblak. Like I'd love Oblak. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the the only the only seven saving grace, and I think Trolls mentioned it actually. Trolls said to me earlier on, which is a fair point. He said, Chris, you could be surprised by the summer transfer window, and absolutely, I could be. Um, the only the only way I think we sign the likes of an Oblak uh, or a Ter Stegen is if we go big in the summer. And when I say go big, I mean we sign like a top striker, a top winger, a top midfielder, a top centre back. Where everybody, oh no, no Andrew, Andrew, come on, what Andrew, is going on, man? hey, what is Andrew? What's going on? <laughs> I think he, I think he has taken the mick with all the dinosaur pictures. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll let him off with that. I wouldn't, but, sign, um, Pickford. I wouldn't sign Pickford if Dollar was on number one. I wouldn't sign no. Pickford if Gillespie was on number one. I'd rather go without yeah. than have Jordan yeah. Pickford. I agree. I agree. But no, we we were we were saying before, Pete, yeah, that we we felt that um, we felt that maybe it might be a step too much. But uh, you know. Depends on how big we go in the summer. Depends on who we attract in the summer. That could that could change things because as soon as you sign three or four marquee signings and everyone goes, Jesus, look what they're doing. You don't you don't know. I mean, it's unlikely, Pete. I agree with you. Very unlikely. But look at look at um look at Notts County all those years ago. You know where the where they signed Saul Campbell and then everyone was like, Oh, I, I'll join <laughs> Notts County. I don't mind playing in League Two. Yeah, and and you know the. Yeah, the, the money does talk, and people do get excited. And um, let's be honest, Pete, if you're, uh, which again works to our advantage, if you're a keeper in La Liga, and a Premier League club comes calling, not just any Premier League club, the the richest Premier League club in the in the country, the richest Premier League, well, the richest club in the world, come calling, and there's a project, and they've already signed X, Y, Z. Are you then looking at it and thinking, hmm. I mean, what what? Without sounding bad, what what else is Oblak going to win at Atletico Madrid? Is he going to win the Champions League? Probably not. Is he going to win La Liga again? Maybe, but he's already won La Liga, so it's like, well, is he going to think? Do you know what? I wouldn't mind trying my hands at the Premier League. Me good mate Kieran Trippier is playing at right back. He could be given a glowing report. Hey Pete, I'm all in on Oblak and no, 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 I'm no, talking no, myself into it. No, and and I think you know what? I think it's not a bad shot at all. I think your your points are more than valid. More than valid. You look at O'Black's career; he's had a fantastic career, some great moments. But let's be honest, Atletico Madrid have, 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 have already peaked yeah, under, have, under, under Diego Simeone. I don't think they're going to get any better. I, I think the only way is down for them. And I think at some point Simeone is going to going to want to go and play and um, apply his trade elsewhere uh, as a manager. 
and that and then that that squad of players gets disbanded. Who's to say that doesn't happen in this summer with all the manager merry-go-rounds? Who's to say that someone doesn't come calling for Diego Simeone? So it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, and I think you've made a really valid point that at some point, when a Premier League club with the money that we have available to us comes calling, it, there's an opportunity there that players might not turn down. You look at you look at the players that went to PSG, Cavani, Ibrahimovic, Thiago Silva. They started that project. You look at what happened at Man City. They got young players in, company, you know, the likes of Milner at a younger age, Gareth Barry at a bit of a younger age, um, but they also signed top European young players as well, like Aguero, Dzeko, players like that at the top of their game and made them what they are. David Silva, for example. Yeah, it just took, didn't it? A few signings and everyone started going, oh, this looks good. And then, you know, they were were bringing in, like you say, the likes of Yaya Torre. They brought in um, Adebayor, Tevez. They were all coming, weren't they? Mel Kalishi, Sammy, yeah. Samuel Nasri. It, it, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of the English players that they or the English base players that they plucked away. Particularly Arsenal took their players away from them. You know, can we do that to say a Palace? Can we get a, a, a Tariq Mitchell, for example? Can we can we take a Conor Gallagher from under the noses of Palace and take him away from from Chelsea? Can we can we do that to teams in and around us? Can we do that? If we can Absolutely. do that and, and then Absolutely. build our team and make them better to get us into those challenging for European spots, because I've got, I, I, we stay in the league and we we invest in the summer. There is no reason why we can't be with, with a real good start to the season, looking at at least the Europa Conference. That should be a target. I'm not saying yeah, we're going to sure. guarantee getting there, but it should be a target. Yeah, that uh, should Kaylor be. Navas, another one from from Mazir, um, Kaylor Navas playing second fiddle to Donnarumma. You know, you question mark his age, but as a goalkeeper, he's, he's terrific. Um, you know, are we going to look for a long-term goalkeeper? Like, we can have a conversation on this all day. But yeah, we can. We can, we can really do just could. a show on this, couldn't we? Yeah, it's a great. It's a great point. It's a great point. Oh, that 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 is just. We were we were talking about this mid-show. Uh, sorry, Alan, pre-show. And um, uh, well, what, what I read was that he was linked with Arsenal, and. It, if Arsenal want to go and spend 60 million on him, I know a lot of Everton fans who'd be quite happy with that. Um, if anyone's if anyone's watched um, the fans forum, Stroke Loaded HQ, you'll know my opinions on Dominic Calvert Lewin. I do not rate him at all. I'm exactly the same. I don't rate him at all. Exactly I, I, for me, I'd, I'd be, I, I think Callum Wilson's a better player. Uh, for me, I wouldn't be paying any more than what we paid for Callum Wilson, which is 20 million. Um, I know that would sound crazy to Everton fans because they seem to value him at like 80 million. He's not an 80 million pound player. Um, he's lucky enough to be playing for England when he does. Um, I don't rate him at all. Uh, if, he go, if he goes to Arsenal and we end up getting Darwin Nunes, <laughs> happy days, happy days because we've won that battle there 110%. So yeah, go go to Arsenal, go, go and have fun. We don't want him up here. No chance. No, not for me anyway. No, no, I agree, mate. I completely agree. Right, on that note, Pete, I'm going to bring in our second guest. Well, our second and final guest, by the looks of it. Um, so, big welcome to Dan. How you doing, Dan? Hello, boys. You all right? Good, mate. Good Yourself? Not too bad. Interesting program. I've been, like, over the weekend, I've been thinking about players I would sell. 
Because we've got Ooh. so much dead wood. It's an interesting one. Yeah. And like, I've, I've made a little list. I've got Morton to go. To go? Yes. Darren's ruthless. I just think he's. I don't know. I think he's going to be. He's been at the club too long. And he's taken. That being the case, Dan. That being the case. And it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's not, it's not a bizarre uh, comment that you've made. But that being the case, which of our other goalies, so Woodman, Darlow, and Gillespie, I'm assuming you wouldn't get rid of all four goalies. So which goalies would you be keeping? And I'm not saying keeping okay. to be number oh, one. See, would you be again, when you've watched Darlow, he hasn't done good. And that Woodman, when he played last year, he was a bit dodgy as well. So I'll keep. Woodman, if I must, I, I, I just think our backup keepers are not are not that good, and I think we need a massive from the outlet to the in rebuild. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. to keep out my my personal opinion, I like Dean Henderson. He's English, and I think he's a, you give him regular football what he wants for the. I think he'll be. I think he'll do do us good. Yeah. I know Pete's, Pete's a big fan of Dean Anderson. You know what, Darren? I think you're absolutely right. I, on, I honestly believe that Dean Henderson playing at Newcastle United at number one, right, with a good season, with a good start to the season under his belt, he goes to the World Cup, but not just goes to the World Cup. I think he pushes um, Jordan Pickford for number one. I think Jordan Pitt may start at the World Cup as number one, just because Gareth Southgate loves that continuity of players that he's he's managed for a long period yeah. of time. He's that type of manager. Um, but I think he goes to the World Cup pushing Jordan, uh, sorry, yeah, Jordan Pickford. Any injury, any doubt, Henderson comes in. But after the World Cup, I think Henderson then becomes number one. Yeah, so for the autos. Yeah. yeah, he stays as number one. And I think he just needs to have that team in the Premier League that he is number one. He's the main man. He plays every week. And I think I think you made a really good point there. I think we, we get him in. Yeah, we defence. I'll get Craig, Carly, Dummett, Lascelles, Fernandes and Lewis. I think I'll get rid of all them straight away. It's good. Do you know what though, Darren? It, it, and again, I'm not arguing with you. Like those players, I think maybe maybe by Jamal Lewis, I might give Jamal Lewis another season. But the other ones, no, you you're quite right to say that. Um, but yeah, well, and Mankio, are we up to? Are we up to Mankio too. So we're up. We're up to seven players already, and we've not just, even got just, the just, 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 and, and just, just a list. Happen. I know what you're but saying. I know what I'm you're just saying. seeing like. They're too much Deadwood. They've been there too yeah. long. Yeah. In three or four years' time, I, I, the, those players probably won't be at the club. I agree. Yeah. Maybe Bar Mankio, perhaps, because uh, yeah. he is a good utility player. But he yeah. certainly won't be anywhere near the eleven. That's for sure. I mean, midfield, I went for Mickey, Al- Mickey Armbron, Hayden, the two Longstaff brothers, uh, Matt Ritchie, and John Joe. Ooh, I, yeah. I think he's just screaming because he wants a new contract. He gives you a new contract, yeah, yeah. you go back the old way. Well, yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It, it, I can't, I can't argue with any of them. I think over the next, two, I think over the maybe the next two years, all of those players yeah. will be transitioned out. Not even three or four. I think they'll be, they'll be 
there won't be a mass turnaround. So, so all of those players won't need leave the squad because we need a squad of 25. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can't argue with those players being moved on. There's, there's a lot of those players. David Cook's just put there. Hendricks, Hayden and Gale. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that yeah, was going to be big. That was going to be a big question, actually, Dan. I was going to Hayden say, what are you going to do with uh, Hendricks? Yeah, or Hendrick? Yeah, he he be gone too. Don't have gone with him. <laughs> um, I think I'll get rid of him as well because he's, I he's done with the Gale, and then, and I like before I left last week between men's ESM about going. And I like again. I, I I'm not a big fan of him, as you know, but. Yeah. I just think he's he's a Madonna player, likes all the attention to himself. And he thinks he's playing Dora DOF something when he has all his tape on his hands and all that. I'll keep him weak if he's gonna play as a if he's if he's gonna play as a team player, but not if he's gonna play individually by himself. Yeah. No, no, that's a Darren, don't upset me. I I thought you were gonna woo with the axe on ASL and I was about to say, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, that's... You made a good point. You made a good point. If he's if he's going to work as a team and and you're going to and he fits in the system, you know, at times he's looked really good in the system this season under Eddie Howe. At times he's looked a little bit disjointed. He's going to be the biggest question mark on Sunday. Is he going to start? And if he does, how does he play against the against the an informed Tottenham team? But you're right. These players are going to be you know are going to be. Running the gauntlet, they're going to be saying it's going to be a hard game on Sunday. That thing is wrong. You've got to be realistic. Tottenham at home, we've got a good record against Tottenham, but the odds you'll win against us. Do, do you know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna add Pete for when we for when we go into our Q and A. We've got Harry Kane as a subject. I'm gonna add ASM in there. I know that's all we talk about, but <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I think Davin raises a great point because again, this kind of goes back to what we were saying a while ago, saying that you know. We, well, we didn't we didn't disagree on this, Pete. But you know, it, if 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 a, a, a super house, a giant club, was to come in now for ASM, and we were all in love with him, and he was playing fantastic, you'd be saying 70, 80, 90 million. That's what you'd be asking for. But my question and something something to think about, and in fact, Alan, I'm going to ask you it. So say say um, between now and the end of the season, ASM falls out with Eddie Howe, and it's abundantly clear that you know, this this relationship that he's got with Newcastle can't continue and we're looking to sell. Let's say, you know, clubs are aware of that and maybe we go down to 50 million for argument's sake because they know that we want rid of them. The problem is, who's going to spend 50 million on Alan St. Maximum? And it's not to say that you wouldn't spend 50 million on Alan St. Maximum, but who, which club is going to have the money to go and say, yeah, do you know what? We've got 50 million here. I want to spend it on Alan St. Maximum. And I think that that's that's always the issue for me because I do think to myself he is a risk, and he is you know he's a maverick, a fantastic player on his day. But certain clubs, I'll give Liverpool as an example. He wouldn't last ten minutes under Jurgen Klopp, in my opinion. I genuinely don't think he would, because Jurgen Klopp will not make allowances for him. Mm-hmm. He he brings in players who all work. I mean, look look at the pressing that Mane, Salah, and Jose or Firmino do. They work bloody hard all the time. Would 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 someone like Jurgen Klopp afford Alan St. Maximum that? Would Pep Guardiola afford Alan St. Maximum? Oh no, go on, you don't have to chat back. Don't worry about it. You just stay up. I mean, what 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 are your thoughts on that, Dan? I, I, I don't think he's a, he's a top four player. 
I don't you, you Guardiola wouldn't entertain him. Klopp wouldn't entertain him. Tottenham, I kind of see. Conte I think Tottenham is that. I think Tottenham is have them all day. But yeah. would they have they got the money? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. but said before they've got any money for buying players. Who was that? Sorry, Pete. I think Arsenal would take him as well. Oh, yeah, Arsenal yeah. would. Yeah. But but um, again, Pete, going back to again, like what I was saying then. Arteta, he's been very strict, hasn't he? You know, he, he got rid of Aubameyang. He, you know, he's he's very, very strict, isn't he, with what he wants from his team, what he wants from his players, and by the sounds of it, he he wants all his players on the same page. He wants all of his players to be workers. He's brought in a very young team now, hasn't he? And they're all they're all very hard working. I would say I don't think there's very many um, flamboyant players within that team. Uh, probably the last one was probably uh, Pierre Aubameyang, but. Mm. Do you think? Do you think he would risk breaking that up if he had the money? And it's all that. I don't expect, think he would obviously. personally. I don't think Arteta work out because it's already shown Arteta he's, he's taking the the rubbish, is he? And I think Maximin would want. I think he would. I don't know. I think he would cause trouble at Arsenal. The last time they spent big money on a flair player, they brought Nicolas Pepe in. And that didn't go too well. So I think I think they they've already been burnt. Yeah, they've already been burnt once. I think they paid 70, 72 million. Seventy two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's crazy, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's madness. I think that Arsenal have been burnt. So I th- I don't think Arsenal would pay that sort of money again. Um, but I think they I think I think Alice at Maximum could cause some serious damage in that current Arsenal team. Oh, uh, million percent he calls um, Yeah, if he doesn't play on Sunday, then maximum. If he doesn't play, I think it, it definitely a rabbit off. If he doesn't play Sunday, um, I, I think he has to start. <laughs> of course, I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he scored two goals, didn't he, in that friendly? Yeah, uh, the five nil friendly. What do you think? Do you think he'll start? Do you think he'll start, Darren? <sighs> I think I don't like the things. I, I don't know. I don't think because we're going to be under a caution most of the game, and he may come as a sub to get a bit pace up there. But I think like maybe I, I, I think like Murphy will go on Alex and Maximum. You know what I mean? Murphy's a lot more does a lot more what he would do. He tracks back a little, a little bit more than Maximum doesn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Do you think St. Maxi will start? Do you know what, Pete? Like you, I, I think he's got him. I do. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate with Maxi. I think anyone who watches these shows on a regular basis knows how much of a fan I am of Alan St. Maximin. There is times where he frustrates me. And there is times where I think, oh, bloody hell, you know, like when he wasn't tracking back and stuff and it does worry you because we are such a hard-working team and the philosophy this season certainly is all working together, all on the same page. Everyone should be putting a shift in. Um, going forward, will that be the case? I don't know. Not not in terms of not putting a shift in, but I mean in terms of we will maybe be able to afford these more luxury players because mm-hmm. that comes with the territory when you buy, you know, higher-end players. Like, Nobody's going to expect. Nobody's going to expect Mo Salah to to proper graft all game, trap back all game. Um, Klopp wants him to work hard high up the pitch, but he's not expecting him to run to right back and stuff like that. But it, it, this team, as it stands right now, is a hard working team, and we're all trying to just get points on the board. 
Um, but for me, Alan St. Maximum went fit, went fine. He's got to come back in the team. I, I, I think I got it. I took a lot of stick a few weeks ago for saying that I would drop Fraser and put him to the right and put Maxi back in the left. Um, and some people didn't like that. And I completely understand because since Fraser's played on the left, he's been he's been fantastic. Um, and it does seem odd to kind of, you know, take a player out of position where he prefers to play and is playing very, very well. But then this is Alan St. Maximum we're talking about. And when Alan St. Maximum's on form, as we saw um, when we played Everton at home at St. James's Park, Alan St. Maximum won that game practically on his own. Um, that That's what he can do. That's how good he is. Um, so I'm kind of slightly going against what I said before when, when I was talking, you know, theoretically, but I'm a massive fan of Valentin Maximum and the fact that <clears throat> my favourite all-time Newcastle player is Hatton Ben Arthur probably tells you what kind of footballer I appreciate. So mm-hmm. Valentin Maximum falls yeah. into that bracket. Yeah. Um, he, he lost me against Cambridge. That, that, that's why he lost me. He was trying to beat the full team every time, said it passed the ball. Yeah. And yeah. players... That's why, and then I've watched him a few. Like, I know against Evan, he was unplayable, but before you become unplayable, Evan, Evan, the first 15 minutes, he was rolling about the floor most of the game at home. He was, and then he's, he, he just started to play, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Definitely. I wouldn't necessarily see that as a bad thing, though, because no. he, he's trying. You know, towards the end of Ben Arthur's sort of time at Newcastle, he wasn't trying, wasn't working hard enough on the pitch. He was only really going at it when he got the ball to his feet. But he, he's still trying when he gets the ball. He still tries to make things happen. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. You know, for any other reason that he obviously he wants us to win matches and score goals, and he wants he just wants to be the man to do it. He's no different to any of the other top players. You know, you look at, at, at the absolute top level. They they want to play for their team. They want to make sure their team wins, but they want to be the one to do it. They want to be the one to to win the matches because they want to be the, the main man. Like mm-hmm. Alison Maximum, the thing that I respect about Alison Maximum is that he doesn't hide his feelings. He no. wants to win the Ballon d'Or. Is it going to be hard? Yeah, damn hard to win the Ballon d'Or. Not even Neymar's won the Ballon d'Or. Neymar is an outstanding talent um, in in world football and has been for the past ten years. So it's going to be incredibly hard. But he has those ambitions to want to be there. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with him saying, I want to play for the for my national team. He wants to play for France. Nothing wrong with that. He wants to strive for the best. I haven't got an issue with it. I, I just find it difficult when some fans go, oh, and they laugh off the fact that he wants to be the Ballon d'Or and they laugh off, oh, he's no good, he can't get into France. But he has aspirations of being there. That's not a bad thing. We well, should, it's say, we should, what's wrong with being ambitious? Yeah, we should want him to be yeah. to be in those positions because if he's going to be in those positions with a with a club currently as it stands, if he's going to be in those positions, it means he's taking the club further forward and where we want to go. He's taking us in that direction if he's going to be there. And the one thing I would hate, the one thing I would hate about Alisson Maximum, is that if he achieved those things at another club, that wouldn't sit right with me. That would annoy the hell out of me that we let him go because we got annoyed or frustrated because he didn't track back to support Matty Target, but then yeah. he goes off to another team and ends up winning trophies and getting the accolades, um, you know, because they've given him the opportunity that we didn't. So I which think team do you think he would go then abroad? If you think he left Newcastle, which team would he go to abroad then? 
I, I, I think I think there were there were teams in in Spain that he go to. Um, I think there are. I think he'd go back to France. I think that, that there's there's teams in France that he could play for. I think PSG would certainly look at him. Um, PSG need a complete overhaul. They've got yeah. players that are too old. I speak to a brother who's PSG uh, seen to get older all the time. Um, they need a massive overhaul. A lot of their top players will probably leave in the summer. Uh, mm. Di Maria's, um, Draxler's, um, uh, Mbappe will go. Um, be, they're they're going to have a massive clear out, so they're going to want new players coming in. You know, and so you know, there's teams in Italy, you know, um, with Dybala leaving Juventus, they need to clear out. Who's to say they're not going to bring someone in? Inter Milan, I can see him playing at Inter Milan. I can yeah, see him starting regularly at Inter Milan. I can yeah, see him yeah. playing at AC Milan. There, there are teams that will go out there that will play Champions League football that, yeah, they might not win Champions League, mm. but they might win Serie A. And get it wrong, if he, if he changes his attitude a little bit, he might he might settle in your cousin, he might don't know, like he might you might turn good. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? But but like say in the in the summer, I would try and say that Calvin Phillips some leads. I think he's someone like him midfield will will go well and and that kind of kind of call you Crystal Palace. Oh, Connor Gallagher. Connor Gallagher. Connor Gallagher. Connor Gallagher. I like. I watched him on Saturday, and I think he's young. He's hungry. He's at yeah. Chelsea at the minute on loan. That's the, that's the key word. He's hungry. I agree. He looks like he wants to kick on, and he wants to uh, make something of his career, and that's what mm-hmm. makes him so appealing. But could you? Could you? Would he be interested in coming? Down? That's a thing. Like, would he be interested in coming here? Do you know what I mean? Me and you, Dan, are going to fall out in a second. <laughs> we are um, going to fall out. Yeah, I, I, I think Conor Gallagher would be very interested to join Newcastle. Personally, uh-huh. I think, I think he would. Um, I think, I think, I, I, I struggled, Davin, to think of any players who wouldn't be interested in the new, in the Newcastle yeah. projects. The only ones who I can think of, maybe. Would be the likes of you know your Haaland, your Mbappe's, players like that who you know are looking for instant success. Mm-hmm. But players in the levels just below that, yeah, why not? Especially especially the young ones. Yeah, you've got two or three years to wait. Yeah, Yano, great point. Yano, there was always a reason why I liked you. There was always <laughs> a reason why I liked you. We're on the same page. Yeah, we're on the yeah. same page. Um, I see. I, I, I would get Botman. I like I like the look of Botman. Yeah, look, Botman. Botman certainly looks a prospect, doesn't he? Yeah, like and again, you you need a good right back. I tell you another, sorry, another left back for target. Yeah, and um, that's why that's why I wonder whether we give Jamal Lewis another season because yeah. he did he 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 was. Um, he was improving under Howe, and he had it was it two or three games where he played and he looked he looked pretty decent, and then obviously he had that bad injury again. Yeah. But I, I don't think Eddie Howe's ruled him out completely, and I do believe that he he's been left out obviously because of um you know because of the abundance of options we have at left back in Matt Ritchie, mm-hmm. um, Matty Target, Dan Byrne, Paul Dummer. Yeah. But they won't be they won't be here at the start of next season. Matty, no, Matt, Matt Ritchie's not going to be here. Paul Dummer probably won't be here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to be looking to play Dan Byrne left back anytime soon. So no, all of a sudden, you think, well, hang on, left back sources. You know, we've we get bring Matty Target in permanently. You've got Jamal Lewis as, as cover, and then yeah. you've got Dan Byrne if you desperately need him. 
Um, so why upgrade there once you've got your number one sorted? And let's be honest, you know, Matty Target, I don't think he suffers with injuries very often. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's got a pretty good injury record. Um, yeah. So, you know, w- why go and spend 15, 20 million on a left back in addition to Matty Target when you've got someone there who is capable of doing the job? I think it's key in, the, in the, especially summer, just to be sensible how we've been in January transfer market, didn't we? And I'll you see our top four, top six. My opinion, you've got to be, you've got to be realistic. You've got to go on step by step. You want to see top ten next next year. Anything else is a plus, and then move on from that. That's just my opinion, you know. I, I just to add my two points in. Um, Jamal Lewis won't go anywhere, in my opinion. Mm. He'll, he'll be he'll be at Newcastle next season. Yeah, I now, so. the, the one thing that's been talked about a lot is that, um, and Eddie Howe's actually mentioned it a number of times as well is that um, Jamal Lewis has been battling on for the last year with a groin injury. So he's been playing with a groin injury that's really affected him. Um, and so the reason why he's been taken out, as far as I'm, I'm concerned with regards to what Eddie Howe said, is because he obviously had the bad hamstring injury that he was out for, what, six, seven weeks. Yeah. In that time, we had Paul Dummett that came back. Um, and therefore, we already had two left backs because he wanted a mainstayer in there. Someone like Matty Target, who Chris has said is very rarely injured, is position. Now, it was the perfect opportunity for Jamal Lewis to go right. Okay, let me get my hamstring injury 100% sorted. Let me get my groin injury that's troubled me from last year 100% sorted. The other boys will go and keep us in the Premier League and then I'll come back in the summer and show you why I should be playing as number one. And I can see him hitting the ground running in pre-season. He hasn't, uh, what, I, what I will see, he hasn't had a fair, a fair shot no. at Newcastle. No. I, I no. will say that he, he hasn't had like, a fair, like, a good chance. He's been like that. Bruce didn't play him. He bought him before he played him and he had a few injuries, but I'll say that 100% he hasn't had a fair chance. So Jamal Lewis is the perfect Eddie Howe player. Mm-hmm. He, he is the type of player that Eddie Howe wants. Now, what's interesting about this is that, in my opinion, Paul Dummett isn't an Eddie Howe player. Mm-hmm. He, he's a defensive fullback that does a job. But as everyone said before, Dummett is actually a centre-back. He plays his best football at centre-back. Now, are we going to play him at centre-back? No, no. We're going to look for better at centre back. And what's been interesting about all of this is it, and I might be wrong, so point me in the wrong, uh, put, tell me that if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Paul Dummett's contract runs out in the summer. Yeah, right, yeah. There's been no talk whatsoever about him signing a new deal. The only one that's been talked about is Fabian Scher. There's been no talk about Fernandez, Federico Fernandez. He'll be gone. That's another man in the squad out. We've got Paul Lascelles. Would he get Lascelles? Nah, Lascelles will still be here next season. I think I think Lascelles has still got one more year. I think what I think if you if you look at this if you look at the centre backs right now, we've got Byrne, Shaw, Lascelles, um, Fernandez, Clark. Although Clark's not in the squad, there's five centre backs there. I think Fernandez and Clark go. That's mm-hmm. two. That leaves three centre backs. To bring one more in, one quality centre back, and I pray to God that it's Sven Botman. Um, mm. If we bring someone like Sven Botman in, that's the that's your four centre backs. 
You got two left arm centre backs. about that as well, Pete? Two right arm centre backs. Yeah, I was just about to say. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. You've In got Sven Botman as your first choice left centre back. Burn is the second choice, and yeah. you got Char first choice. Lascelles, yeah, yeah. There's your balance. Absolutely spot on that. There's your there's your balance. There's your four centre backs. Two right sided. Char be first choice right sided. Lascelles mm-hmm. would be back up. Botman would be left sided first choice with. Dan Burn, you back up, and there's your four centre backs going into the season. For me, oh. that is that that is one of the top, centre, like top four centre back pairing, like uh, in terms of a pairing of the centre backs oh. that you're going to get probably in the bottom half of the table, maybe in, in in the top ten in terms of quality players if you bring someone like Sven Botman in. Um, that for me is it. You've got Matty Target and Jamal Lewis is your, is your right, right. Uh, sorry, your left backs. You've got Kieran Trippier. There's a question mark about Mankilio, but I think actually, I think anyhow likes Mankilio. He never moans when he's on the bench. He can be on the bench for ten games and not say a word, not moan one iota, and then can come in and play six games and actually play really well. He's one of them. That, he's one of those unique squad players that. They don't need five or six games to get up to speed. He can come on off the bench mm. and do a job for the team. That's hard to find, especially when we only paid for what three, four million for him. So I think maybe he'll stay with Trippier being the mainstay <laughs> right fullback, um, and that could, that's potentially with a new goalkeeper. That's your, that's your back five set potentially. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't think Eddie's. I think no. I, I think no. He's written down who he. Once possibly for next year, and get, and they were they're probably like giving the may or may he may, may not be giving them a list, but he's inside probably knows who he wants rid of and 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 who he wants. He may be looking now. You never know. But I hope, hope I, I I like I like Eddie as a manager. He's a young. He's you just watch him in like the NUFC on the website. What in train he's more evasive in everything he does. It's just. I like how he talks. He just talks sensible. When you, when you listen, you can listen for ages how he talks. You know, yeah, I think. He, he's, yeah, he's, he's a top, he's a top, top professional manager. Um, I'm really excited about him. I really am. I'm so happy he's our manager. Um, and you know what's been interesting? I don't know if you both of you guys have heard heard this, but there's been a lot of people like in the, in the press that have been in the last two three weeks talking about him potentially being a long term manager. There's already people in the press that are talking about him being here beyond his contract, which is interesting. Now he's obviously got a lot of work to do to prove that he can stay here beyond his contract, but. The, you know, journalists that are talking about this are journalists that get to see a little bit more behind the scenes than we do. Mm-hmm. And there obviously must be something that they're seeing behind the scenes that makes them think that he could be potentially a long-term manager at Newcastle, which excites me. He's an English manager. An English manager that could potentially take this team into Europe and, and maybe beyond. Yeah. There's no better feeling for me than having an English manager take us back up the table again. Um, it, you know, it, it would be such an amazing, amazing feeling to not just be going up that table, but going up the table with an English manager that's gr- that's growing as a manager with the club that's also growing at the same time. I just, I just think that'd be amazing. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, Peter. One hundred percent. It's he's English man, a young English man. It's when to do that because he's even before you come to Newcastle, I wanted him. 
I didn't, I didn't want Uno uh, Emery to talk Valencia manager. I was, I, I didn't want him because I think he would have been down if I had him. And, but Eddie Howe's had a good rest two years. Now he's got new ideas. Like, he was keen Trippi has in the year with a few weeks ago and Joe Jory. He said, he said he's just workaholic. He's just completely in training. They were set pieces not right till they get it right. They were 20, they were 20 times till they get it right. He wanted it done perfectly. And that's what he's like. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Dan, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, yeah. mate. I'm going to have to move it on because I've got to, I've got to do the half an hour sponsors and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, me and Pete, me and Pete, do you know what? We've had so many questions and it's it's yeah. really great. And I want to try and get through as many as I can, right. if not them all. Um, and we, we've said that we want to try and do a two-hour show tonight. That's going to be the aim going forward. So I'm conscious we're on 125 already, so we better get a move on. But Davin, as always, mate, absolute pleasure. Thank bye you so much. Boys. Thank you. Take care, Take mate. Man. Take care. Great, great chats tonight. I know we've only had two people on, Pete, but great chats. And I tell you what, mate. Honestly, I know you alluded to it before. It's got even worse. We've got so many comments in the chat. We're gonna we're gonna have to fly through these questions, mate, because I, I want to try and get through them all if we can. Um, so we'll have to try and limit it. I don't know how we're gonna limit it, but we're gonna have to try. We've got a monster amount of questions, guys, and they're all brilliant questions, yeah, all very are. different ones as well. So yeah. Um, we will do our best to get everyone's questions on. Uh, as Chris has alluded to in previous shows, if if we haven't put your question, your your comment on the screen, it's because we've started it. So we're looking to bring it back later on in the show for this section right now. But um, I think before Chris starts to talk, we need to just take a little bit of a deep breath. Got to be ready for this. I always feel like I mess it up as well, Pete. I always, I try my best with it, you know what I mean. But obviously, I, I don't do it the same justice as Steve does. But you know, we we can we can only do our best, don't we? I think we need to bring back them videos. I did enjoy that the little two minute video and you just blast it on. And, yeah, Steve's away and you're just like, right, okay. Steve knows what he's talking about. But we'll get we'll give it a good go. We'll give it a good yeah, go. Right, okay. So main, well, I say main sponsor. It is because uh, you know they've been with us for a very long time and we absolutely love them. Spider VPN. For all your internet security, get in touch with the lads at Spider VPN. If you go onto Google and you search Spider VPN, they will appear at the top of your search bar. Um, they're the lads to trust if you want any uh, internet security or protection. We have skipsandbins.com, telephone number 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website address is www.skipsandbins.com, easy contract free waste, uh, blah, easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. There you go, I got my words out in the end, and there's Sir Bobby in the bottom right corner who was aptly named after, uh, I think it, it, was a, it was a competition, wasn't it, to name the bee? Um, and yeah, everyone went with Sir Bobby. So uh, there he is. We also have a big shout out to LNG Family Funerals Directors. They can be contacted on 0191-389-7245. And this is my favourite one. Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD, Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. Visit www.thegohd.com. We also have Arcot Interiors uh, for all your kitchen needs. Get in touch with the lads at Arcot Interiors if you're after any kitchen essentials. 
qtechshop.co.uk um so this is qtech shop and they are based in walls and newcastle and if you're looking for any snooker well, pool and snooker uh, accessories get in touch with john justice allen at qtechshop.co.uk they also run the uh, nufc matters website as well um so big big shout out to john and qtechshop.co.uk we also have click eye meet the new game over screen dropping to a cleveland device near you and that can be found on the apple store and also google play cleveland.game big shout out as always to jab signature um jab signature do all the posters and flyers for the show big massive thanks to them for their support um and don't forget to check out their clothing line as well really really good we also have media arts and we thank them for all the videos that get put together and all, all the all the special effects um if you haven't subscribed already to newcastle legends why not click the button in the bottom right corner to subscribe to the show so you'll get reminders of when they are on don't forget to like the show keep the comments flooding in as you know we absolutely love them and don't forget to share to your social media channels um if you don't get to watch the show live make sure that you make sure that you share it with other people family friends colleagues and you know the wider it goes out the better if you're needing to catch up because you didn't watch it live should have said that earlier <laughs> if you want to catch up uh, on the show and you've uh, missed the opportunity to watch it live don't forget you can do so on itunes and spotify you will see a scan code on the screen at the moment and that is if you want to become an nufc matters member um, if you scan the code on the screen right now it will take you directly to the link and this is what you could have so you've got your mugs your scarves your pens uh, and then you will become an official cult member and don't forget special offer at the moment um, if you subscribe to the show, you can receive a free car window sticker and NUFC Matters one. I keep I keep saying I'll have to get in touch with John for one of them. I wouldn't mind one of them on, on my window. So I um, have to do that, Pete. Have you got one, Pete? Have you got one yet? No, we'll have to we'll have to get we'll have to get you on Pete. We'll definitely, we'll have to get in touch with John Justice Allen. Don't forget for all your pre and post match talks with Steve and Malcolm McDonald, Super Mac. Um, visit the Dog and Parrot where there is music, drinks, and pool. And that is in Newcastle upon Tyne. And it's about a 10 minute walk from the stadium. So it's not far at all. Uh, I've been there many a time and it's it's a really, really nice pub. Um, don't forget, even though there's no football matches on at the moment, don't forget to support nufcfoodbank.co.uk uh, uh, for the match day bucket, whether it's 20p, 20 pounds, 200 pounds, get, you, get your donations in. The food bank really, really uh, gratefully received that goes to a fantastic cause um where are we there's some other things on here that i know i shouldn't be flashing up i'm going to take the opportunity to plug loads at hq because i i always do that um me and pete we we are on another channel called loads at hq which you're probably all aware of but if you're not get yourselves on youtube uh, if you want to hear more from me and pete that is the channel to go to uh, we've run shows, well, we've run at least three, four, five shows a week. Myself, Pete, Martin, Daz and Richie. Um, yeah, get behind us. We're on we're on our road to 3,000 subscribers and we're trying our best. Um, so if you haven't already, please go on to YouTube and subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Right, Pete, we got there. We got there. Right, so before we go to the comments, I want to touch on Harry Kane. Or you want to touch on Harry Kane. Yeah, um, 
it, it was not it's not hurricane as such i mean it was a good conversation you were having earlier about yeah. hurricane i caught a little bit of it um and you know it's it's not with hurricane it's not about him you know not wanting him to come no. to the club like, no it's not it's you not. had the opportunity to sign harry kane um of, of course like you, you wouldn't say no to that you wouldn't you wouldn't turn it down but i just think and you know guys and girls in the chat chris of course if you think differently of course come out and say um i just think with this newcastle project but all of these players that are being linked, I, I, I think there's a conversation about, you know, Harry Kane. There's a conversation about um, Gareth Bale. There's a conversation about one or two others that have either been at the top of their peak or probably coming down the other side of it. Is that, you know, Eden Hazard's been another one that they've been linked with. I don't think this Newcastle project are looking for that type of player. I think you know a little bit like Man City. I think if we're gonna if we're gonna sign a player or if we're gonna have a top level player at our club, they're either gonna be just on the cusp of being top level quality, and we sign them and make them that type of player, or we're gonna sign a player young and develop them into that type of player. I think that's the kind of player we're going for. So we talked about, and I keep banging on about it. You Sven Botmans, your Darwin Nunes, they're not there yet. But I think we're going to sign them with a view to being there. Harry Kane is already there. For me, Harry Kane's already played his peak. I think what you're going to see from Harry Kane now is, look, he's a great goal scorer. He's always going to score goals. He's always going to have yeah. those good moments. He probably will at some point or have a good chance maybe on Sunday, fingers crossed he doesn't. But as, as a peak level player, someone talked about him, I think you did, Chris, in terms of losing a yard of pace. I actually think he's lost three. Yards yeah, yeah you could argue that. Yeah. Near his pace, and, which is why he doesn't do the high press anymore. Um, is because he's lost his pace to get in and around the pitch. But mm. I, I just think, I just think, you know, with, with, with that type of player already going down on his peak, do we really need to pay 150 million for him? But really? Or can we pay a little bit more for a younger player that's going to be there for eight to 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Of playing at that level, potential level and going one further in actually winning as something. Mm-hmm. Something that Harry Kane hasn't done yet in his career. Um, and that's not to say he won't, but he hasn't won anything to, to date with, with, with the amount of goals that he's scored. And it's just the case of, for me, I'm not... When these players get linked, when, when I see is linked with, you know, Gareth Bale, Neymar, Hazard, you know, even even he's a young lad, but even the likes of Erling Haaland and, and, and other people like that, I just think they're not the guys that we're looking at, mm. in my opinion. Not that mm. we wouldn't want them, but they're not the guys that this scouting network is looking at. They're looking at no. players to make better players. Am, am I wrong with? Am I wrong about that? Or would you no, I, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Pete. I mean, like you say. Paddy Kane signed tomorrow. We'd all be we'd all be shouting from the rooftops. We'd be we'd be delighted. Why would you not want the England captain, who's um, you know on the cusp of breaking Alan Shearer's all-time Premier League goal-scoring records? Why would you Why would you not want that? All All I think you're saying is, which is absolutely right and fair to say, is that you know we're probably searching in a different market. And would it Would it represent value for money? Was it Was it? I, yeah. It, it. I don't feel like we're there yet, and I I certainly wouldn't not that i wouldn't want us to go and spend it that's not what i'm saying but i do think the money is better invested elsewhere 
And I do, you know, Dunhill made a great point. You know, we said there we need players who are hungry. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting Harry Kane's not hungry. I'm not saying that. But if you compare Harry Kane um, to the likes of a Darwin Nunes, brand new to the Premier League, 22 years of age, you know, excited at the prospect of playing in the Premier League, wants to wants to go on, kick on, um, you know, do great things for his country, Uruguay, do great things for his 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 club. So that would be Newcastle. You can't tell me that Harry Kane would be more hungry than Darwin Nunes because I, I don't I don't think I don't think he would be. Um, so no, I think I think it's an absolutely fair point what you say, Pete. And you know, somebody said it earlier on in the chat, and we will get to it. You know, about financial fair play. I think we've got to be, uh, you know, we've got we've got to be wary of that. Yeah, definitely. And I honestly think, with everything that's going on in the world right now, especially the world of football, I think these players, this club, this ownership, are looking at all of that with a fine tooth comb because we are we are the ownership we are the new the new kids on the block that they if we put one step out of line they're going to be bang at us um yeah yeah i was i went for a change during the ads <laughs> oh god um uh, and it grew back but um yeah um i just i just think that our ownership are really going to look at things with a fine tooth comb uh, and they are going to make sure that everything is by the book. Um, and so, yeah, um, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. And I think there was a comment earlier on in the show, actually, about um, a certain journalist saying that we've got a certain amount of money to spend in the summer. Um, and, and I think, I'm not sure if they're asking whether it was true or not, or what, what our thoughts were, but, but what do you think, Chris, that we've got in terms of a budget? Um, um... Some what do you think is the budget, or what could the budget be? What do you think would be realistic for us? I think realistic. Oh, there you go. There it is. Um, yeah. Well, well, for the start, and what I will say, Gary, from from a kickoff, is nobody knows. So straight away, nobody knows. And any journalist that tells you it's this or it's that is just making it up. Um, I think anyone anyone would back that up. Um, but in terms of what I believe is realistic, I think we spoke about this, Pete. I don't know whether it was last week. It was probably on Loaded, in fact, saying, oh, no, it was with Mitch. It was with Mitch on Loaded. Yeah. And I, I said to Mitch that what I believe is it will probably be somewhere in the region of similar 90 to 120 million, probably somewhere around that ballpark. But I do believe if a player becomes available who meets all the box, uh, ticks all the boxes, meets the requirements, and it's not silly, silly, silly money. If we've already spent a hundred million and the player becomes available for fifty million, who's high on our list and we want him, I think we go get him. Simple as. I, I don't think there'll be any hesitation. Um, there will be a list of players who they will want and they'll be looking at. And you know, certain ones they'll probably think, "Oh, I've got no chance," or "He's off the radar," or "He's not leaving his club," or "The club aren't interested in selling." And if that player becomes available, I think we go and get them. Simple as. Or an opportunity comes up that you know you couldn't imagine beyond your wildest dreams. You know, like say for example, I don't know, like uh, I'm trying to think of a young prospect at a club who they probably wouldn't sell. I don't know. Say Phil Foden. Let's say Phil Foden fell out with Guardiola in the summer, and he was like, "I want to go." You're telling me we're not going to be in for Phil Foden if they're selling them. Yeah, we we would definitely be in for Phil Foden if they were selling them. But you know, it, it's it's probably not going to happen. Um, <laughs> there's a strong possibility it won't happen. But 
our, our, we'd throw our hat in the ring if if that opportunity became available. I mean, that that's what I think. Any repeat? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I know obviously what Gary's, Gary's thoughts is with regards to that particular journalist that put that the, the price out of around ninety million. Um, I'm going to annoy him, uh, Gary. So I apologise, Gary, and maybe a few others. That I I agree that that's probably the budget that, that we'll work to. I think I think that we've got to remember we will probably get what the best part of 120 million for staying in the Premier League around that sort of figure. So I reckon they'll probably take about 90 million of that and have that for transfers. But the one thing that I think that journalist and what we're forgetting is is player sales. So if yeah. we sell Miguel Miron for 15 million, if we sell Isaac Hayden for 8 million. If we get Dwight Gale for, um, you know, if we get Dwight Gale five million, maybe. for five yeah. million, yeah, yeah, Matt Ritchie for the same, you know, you're already talking, you're already, you're already talking there, like what thirty plus million on top of that, that then takes yeah. you to the hundred and twenty, maybe a little bit more, okay. So if the budget's around ninety to hundred million, and you add that, those you add those figures on on top of that. You're talking the best part of 120, 130 million around that sort of ballpark. That's the type of budget that 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 I would expect Newcastle. Yeah, to yeah, and I think that's a fair assumption. I think, I think, like you say, Pete, that that's a that's an educated guess. And to be fair, I believe that's what that journalist has said. You know, they, unfortunately, the way they weird it is like, oh, Newcastle have got a budget of 90 million. No one knows what the budget is, but I think you're absolutely right to think that it would be. 90 million or maybe a bit more or maybe a bit less it'll be it'll be around that ballpark if you if they're willing to spend that in january and i do believe they probably were going to spend less um you know the chris wood deal for example like you say the the injury you know to callum wilson it was kind of like shit we need we need to do something um maybe that chris wood deal wouldn't have happened like you said earlier if it had uh, callum wilson not got injured and then we'd have probably spent what 65 uh, 75 whatever no no uh yes 65 around that mark 50 million you know, it, it would have been around there maybe, and then they would go bigger in the summer. Yeah. And this is the thing, you know, there's a question out here that, that you know, I don't think many people have mentioned. I think one or two have. But who's to say that Chris Wood's not on his way in the summer? Who's to say that we don't take a hit on Chris Wood and we sell him at, at 30 years old um, for 15 million? We take a 10 million hit? Oh, million percent. I think yeah, someone yeah. came in with 15 million, we'd snap it up. I do. Would, any, would anyone, would you, would you class it, uh, and I'll ask you this, Chris, but everyone in the chat as well, would you class that as a failure if we signed Chris Wood for 25 million but then sold him for about 15, knowing that we're playing Premier League football next season? Would you consider that a bad deal? No. I think, it's, I, if anything, I think it's a very clever deal because ultimately... And everyone's heard me defend Chris Woods on this channel, and I'll continue to defend him while he's in the Newcastle shirt. And I, I do, I do think that he brings something to the team. I do think that he can do something for Newcastle. But do I see Chris Woods even two or three years time? No. And I think if he reminds me so half, much of a Darren Murphy. Yeah, he is. He's he's been brought in to do a job. And let's not let's not forget he we've weakened the opposition by signing him. Um, you know, do, do you remember, Pete, everyone was talking about this Valt Vekhorst, and don't get me wrong, he made a fantastic start. The, the goals have dried up now, haven't they? 
So it's it's kind of it's kind of one of those things where you you look and you think, well, if we sign Chris Wood for six months and he does a job for us, then great. And then if we if we reassess, you know, things change don't they, in the summer. Things change. We 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 look to improve as a, as a team as a squad. Um, and I think I think if somebody came in with 10, even ten million, uh, ten or fifteen million, I think we'd. Uh, I think you know. I think we'd do it. Uh, yeah, Pete just messaged me then to say he's frozen. I had I had a feeling he frozen unless he was doing a very good impression of like a, a mannequin. Um, so I assume, <laughs> I assumed he's frozen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick off the questions. Um, so we, as I say, we've had loads of really really good questions, and I want to try and get in as many as I possibly can. Now, obviously, I'm only going to be able to give my own opinion, um, and we may be able to revisit a couple of them once Pete returns. But let's start with these questions. So, first question. Question from uh, Tom Dixon. Patrick Schick, do you think Newcastle should sign him in the summer? Now, this is a really interesting one, Tom, because we've been linked with Patrick Schick a number of times um, over the past few years. And he's certainly a player who Newcastle have registered an interest in. Um, our chief scout, Steve Nixon, I think it's pretty, pretty, you know, well known that he is the you know as a club we've looked at Patrick Schick and he's probably someone that does interest us. Um my only concern with Patrick Schick now I would say uh Tom is that I feel like I feel like the value's gone. Like they're talking now about 70 million and I'm not sure I'd pay 70 million for Patrick Schick if I'm honest. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm not saying he could turn out to be a really good signing but I think if you're talking a cheaper deal for Darwin Nunes, I think that's where your value is. Um, that's not to say we won't go for him. And I do believe he's knocked us back a couple of times in the past as well, which I'm not keen on. I know obviously the, the landscape's changed a lot. And uh, if we went in for him now, I'm sure he'd feel a lot differently about it. But I'm not sure he's the answer, if I'm honest. But hey, who knows? And like I say, another Harry Kane situation, I would certainly not reject Patrick Schick. If he came in, I'd be pleased because he's clearly a really good goal scorer. Um, and I think I think he'd do well in the Premier League. So, yeah, who knows? Um, David Cook, hi guys. Watch your loaded show from the takeover uh, day last night. Very emotional, seeing how emotional you were. Yeah, do you know what, mate? What, what a day, what a day. I, uh, I was in York. Um, I was in York the night before and then I was travelling home and do you know what I'll always remember it I was on the train and obviously the night before I knew you know all the takeover rumours were happening and I was thinking oh god you know wonder if this happened or you know you, you kind of convince yourself don't you that it's not going to happen and it's all just a dream um, and yeah I remember I remember being on the train home and I think it was wasn't it just after five o'clock or just before five o'clock and it got announced and i remember like tearing up on the train and my mate who's liverpool van was opposite me and he was like you're all right and i was like yeah i said i'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed by all this because you know of not just all but the fans everywhere so fully invested you know the, the shows that steve did on nufc matters um you know for uh all the takeover stuff with keith and steve steve hasty and um Mitch, you know, like you all, I, I was glued to it and I was thinking, oh, this is never going to happen. And sure, then we're being robbed. And then all of a sudden, when they're like, yeah, it's going through, it was just, it was just out of this world. And funnily enough, David, um, I think we're going to be doing a special show on that next week because, uh, is it the, hang on, let me check my diary. 
Yep, Thursday. A week on Thursday will be six months to the day since the takeover went through. So keep an eye on losers because uh, I think we're going to do a special special show for it, uh, just to rejoice and uh, remember remember the day when our club's fortunes changed for the better. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, a a great show if 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 we get round to doing it. But yeah, should be good. So yeah, keep an eye out for that on losers next week. Tom Dixon asks, we have Spurs coming up on Sunday. I think it will be a tough game. We've got to try and keep Kane and Son quiet all game. Yeah, Tom, you're absolutely right. It will be a tough game. And, you know, any 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 uh, Antonio Conte side is difficult to play against. Massive, massive fan of um, of Son. Massive, massive fan of him. Um, he, he, he is a big threat. And Harry Kane, I think somebody mentions, uh, one of the guests mentioned before, you know, that Harry Kane always seems to score against us, um, which is absolutely right. You can't rule out Harry Kane. He's, he's a top, top striker. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a very difficult game. But, you know, this is this is the nice thing about being a Newcastle fan these days. We're, we're such a forward-thinking, progressive club. I believe every game now we go into, we've we've got a fighting chance. And certainly a way to Tottenham. I'm not worried. Um, I'd take a point now, but I'm not worried about it. And I think we could, uh, you know, we could still seriously do something. Okay, David Cook again. Uh, what do you make about Dubravka being withdrawn from the internationals due to angina, but actually throat infection, lost some interpretation? Yeah, it's an interesting one. This we, this was going on in the chat earlier, wasn't it, David? And we were saying, uh, you know, about the fact that he's going to be out Dubravka seemingly. Oh, don't worry, Pete. Don't worry. I've just been I've just been gabbing away. Um, I've just been gabbing away to to everyone at home. Um, I'll just finish answering this, and then I'll, and then I'll come to you, people. Yeah, I was just saying about uh, Dubravka. Just saying, it looks like he's going to be out at the weekend. Uh, big loss because obviously, you know, no, no offense to Carl Darlow, but you know, he's probably not one of our uh, stronger players. Um, but I'm sure he'll do a good job. I mean, to be fair to Carl Darlow, he always gives 110, um, percent and I'm not too worried because he does have a far better defense in front of him now or it's certainly a more um organized defense in front of him so who knows it this this could be the making of carl darlow um i was gonna say the um two mouth time um uh Bernsie tweeted out today uh whether whether people believe Bernsie or not uh, we've had him on on here and the fc matter we've had him on loaded uh, nice enough guy I had, a, I had a good chat with him both times um he tweeted out today that there could well be a bit of a mistake in terms of the wording that was used by the yeah, that's right. um, the, the medical staff in that actually the, the term in that seemed like it said angina is referring to something something along the lines of tonsillitis, it could be, yes. which which is more it's more terrible, particularly after a week's rest and an anti- uh, of a, a number of, you know, courses of antibiotics he could well be okay i don't know how true that is it could well be rubbish as far as i'm concerned i you know i don't know i don't know that for sure but but that was just something that was tweeted out today that made me think maybe there's a chance but yeah we'll see yeah no definitely i mean yeah i said something a lot something along similar lines pete who knows um, but yeah, hopefully it is a misinterpretation and maybe, you know, it's something that hopefully by Sunday you might be feeling much better, but I suppose we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I'm going to quickly go over a couple of the comments I've just uh, gone through, Pete, because I'd love to hear your thoughts. But all I'm going to say is it's one hour 51. 
I think we're probably going to be pushing it for two hours. So let's go two hours 15. So we've got, what, just under 25 minutes, and we're going to yeah. get through as many as we can. Now, I'm going to throw this one up. I've had my thoughts on this, and I've basically said, I feel like this boat sailed because I think the price tag we're talking about now is a little bit too much for me. But what are your thoughts on Patrick Schick? Uh, terrific striker. Um, he would be, you know, obviously... There are other preferences for me personally, but I wouldn't turn my nose up to him if he walked through the door. Um, yeah. He would instantly be the best striker at the club. I think he's better than Callum Wilson and I really rate Callum Wilson, but uh, Patrick Schick is a better striker. The one thing I've said about Patrick Schick is that he's had so many bit pot stays at various clubs in his career so far that he really needs to put down roots at a club. So whether he stays at his club that he's at at the moment and he stays there and, and stays for a number of years and really and really kind of fly in my face um and really builds his career that way or he comes to somewhere like newcastle and lays down roots for the next five or six years that's what he needs now to really kind of get some continuity in his career because he has jumped from club to club over his career so far terrific striker um i wouldn't get too damn beat about the price tag that was floated around in January. We all know that the price tags in January are inflated. I don't believe that if, um, I don't believe that we would need to necessarily pay that much to get him in the summer, in my opinion. I think if there was money out there, there is certainly a deal to be done. And the big reason is, is because his current club have got then the money to go out and buy a replacement and they've got time to do that in January. You just don't have that time. So I think that's why when he was linked with us and other clubs that he was banded about, I think it was like 50, 55 million. I don't think we pay that to get him this summer, in my opinion. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too heads up on that, but yeah, terrific striker. Terrific. Yeah. 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 I, I compared it similar to the Harry Kane situation. I wouldn't, if we sign Patrick Schick tomorrow, I'd probably be made up. But I wouldn't necessarily be going all out to get someone like Patrick Schick. I think the the price I saw people was seventy million, but maybe that was seventy million euros, which would probably be about fifty five million. It, it could have been that, but yeah, I wouldn't be paying anywhere near that personally, especially when you you know for a similar price you can get someone like Darwin Nunes. I, I just wouldn't. Um, another one um, that I mentioned, and it's just just really for information, really. Um, David Cook said, hi, guys, watch your loaded show from uh, Takeover Day last night. Very emotional, seeing how emotional you all were. And yeah, it was, um, I, was I was saying how emotional it was. I was describing the day. And I said, funnily enough, Pete, and we were talking about this um, earlier on today on the chat, saying that uh, it will be six months or a week on Thursday. And I think yeah. we're going to try mm -hmm. and do a show next week um, because that'd be, that'd be nice to reminisce, wouldn't it? Definitely. Uh, and what, what a big six months it's been. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the pressure's been off to, to a certain extent about the club and about the direction of the club. We know the club's going one way, and it's been a bit of a, a bit of a ride, a bit of a, um, a roller coaster ride in a good way. Um, but yeah, amazing times, amazing. I've not watched it back yet purely because, um, yeah, it, it was a very emotional show. Uh, some of those emotional shows I tend to stay away from because they just they they just meant so much to us. But but yeah, I will I will watch it back at some point. Um, yeah. and, and actually, not just the takeover day; it's the one before the the night before. I think I'm not sure if we had Ben Jacobs on that night. 
Um, yeah. Ben Jacobs on the show the night before, and that one was a fantastic show. Yeah. The beers, yeah. the beers, and the brandy were flowing that night, and they were certainly flowing the night after yeah. the seventh. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah two, two fantastic shows. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny when you look back, isn't it? Because you know all that, all that pressure, all that tension. You were probably like me, Pete. You know, constantly tuning into when UFC matters, watching. Um, you know the 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 free amigos. Keith was on there intent listening i remember watching the um the arbitration I, I i was in work i had the bloody arbitration on watching it and like i've never i've never enjoyed something it sounds weird this i've never enjoyed something so boring in all my life like i was proper hooked on it even though it was a lot of it was boring and there was there were some great moments and um it just goes to show we we all put our heart and soul into that and uh you know we we ended up getting what we deserved which is absolutely fantastic um just a quick shout out before uh, you'll see that we mentioned on here about having two tickets for the ladies game to give away and it, it, the question was who scored the first goal versus bradford yesterday for the ladies team and i didn't announce it but massive well done to tom dixon with uh, the correct answer of george gibson so well well done tom and uh, i know john uh, justice allen's been in touch with you tom and said get in touch with him and uh, those tickets will be on the way to you mate so congratulations with that so Let's keep these questions flowing. Yeah, too right. Right, and some of them, yeah, they, some of them are uh, really, really. You know, we started them straight away, and I was like, "Bloody hell, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to talk about that." That's a really good one. Oh yeah, okay, Alan Thompson. No surprise, it's from Alan. Guys, how many players do you think will realistically leave the club? Thoughts as players' wages play a part also, and many players just sit on their contracts today. I.e., Dwight Gale. Um, so let's 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 answer that, Pete, from a, a summer window perspective, because I think we all know in two or three years' time, 12, 13, 14, maybe more will go. But certainly this summer, how, how many do you see going off the window or off the door, should I say? Um, I think I think we'll probably get five or six gone. And I mean five or six squad players, like current players in this squad. So I'll go through them. So I think I think Dwight Gale will go. Yeah. And Dwight, Dwight Gale will either leave by signing for a club or we pay him out of this contract. One yeah. of the two things will happen. And this will depend on what type of person Dwight Gale is. Uh, but I think regardless, Dwight Gale will go in the summer. I think he's comfortable right now, sitting on his contract, training every day, um, not not playing. I think he's quite comfortable, maybe because his family are happy in Newcastle. He's always talked about his family being settled up north, and that's fair enough. But we're moving on as a club now, and he should want to, at 31 years old, want, want to be playing football. So he'll be out the door regardless. Another player that, that's kind of sat on his money, Kieran Clark. I think he'll be another one that will go. We'll either pay him out of his contract or he'll leave. Be a little bit more, I think, with... with uh, No, it won't be, actually. It'll be a little bit more with Dwight Gale, not, not Kieran Clark. But I think both of them are the, one of the first two at the door in terms of permanently being sold or paid off. Federico Fernandez goes on a three, on a free. Um, free transfer. So does Paul Dummett. Free transfer. Um, contract up. Um, I think then we sell Matt Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Matt Ritchie will be sold. It wouldn't even surprise me if he goes back to Bournemouth. In the, they'll they'll get up in the Premier League, um, and he comes back into the Premier League with Bournemouth and plays for them. 
potentially under um, under their manager. Under Scott Parker. Scott Parker, yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, I think he'll 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 leave. Um, I think then Miguel Amiron will go. I think he'll go to somewhere. He'll either go Portugal or Spain and play there. So that's six. Then you've got question marks over one or two others. And the question mark is, you know, they're the six that I think will definitely leave in the summer. You've got the seventh player, potentially Isaac Hayden, leaves the club but being by being sold. He'll probably stay in the Premier League, go somewhere else in the Premier League, uh, maybe even Brighton. I know they were really interested in before, or Crystal Palace, somewhere like that. Isaac Hayden leaves, but with, for, for, for a significant fee. Then you've got the eighth player, and his contract's also up in the summer, um, but it's whether we get the deal done or not, and that's Sean Longstaff. Mm. I don't know whether we keep him as part of the squad and build or whether he walks away, but that could be up to eight players. You mm. could even go as far as nine in terms of Fabian Shaw because his contract's up. He could yeah. walk away, I think. But there's yeah. a there's a there's a clear dialogue there to get that contract done. And from what we've heard from some journalists, he's keen to sign. So I'm not going to add him as a ninth. But there's potentially eight players there. But I think there's a guarantee of maybe six that will leave the club in the summer. Is there anyone else additional to that that you think could potentially leave? Um, oh, I've missed a couple actually. Yeah, shit. Uh. I suppose you could add to that list Matty Longstaff on loan, Emil Kraft, um, Jamal Lewis potentially. I, I still don't think he should be sold, but you know it, there is a potential. You've got Jeff Hendrick, who will probably go permanently, I would imagine, probably to a, a top championship club or maybe QPR. That sounds really disrespectful, that, doesn't it? You know, like a mid-table or a, a top-end championship club. Um um, there's another yeah. one on there. I think life Jacob Murphy. Um, I, I actually think Jacob Murphy's going to stay. Yeah. If we got a good offer, though, Pete, if someone come in with like eight, ten million, would you, would you, would you, would you do a deal? Um, I'd certainly be tempted. I've got to be honest. If it, it was good money. Yeah, yeah. There's a chance. There's a potential, but the, at the same time, you, you've got to think. We we need, we need a squad. <laughs> we need a squad, and yeah. in order to get those, we, we're all to, in order to get those twenty-five. We're going to have to then buy more players to replace that, and that's yeah. going to be a problem. Is that I think what they'll do, and I think you're, I think you're right because I think, I mean, there's there's more. There's, there's the, I forgot Hendrick, Jeff Hendrick is definitely going to leave the club. So that's seven. That's yeah. seven. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, gonna yeah, leave yeah. The club. Isaac Hayden, would he get another year? Potentially. I don't know. Um, you've got uh, someone's put in the chat. I forgot about Darlow. Darlow. Yeah, we haven't even talked on the keepers, have we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Gillespie will stay as a third choice. We'll bring in the goalkeeper. Um, mm -hmm. Someone else has put in there, you know, Fernandez. I did say Fernandez already. Um, uh, Darlow Dummett, I've already said. Uh, uh, yeah, Darlow. Um, yeah, my my list is longer than Dar Darren's. You're right. Um, Woodman, long, long stiff. Oh my god, long stiff. And then Life Goals has put a number of the players up on here. Um, yeah, 
it's, a, it's yeah, close. it's a fair one. That it, fair it, one. It, could, it could go, it could go higher potentially. You could be 12, 13 players that, that walk out the club. But are we going to let all of those players go? I think if Kraft leave, I think Kraft can leave and we can get away with it. I think um, uh, who was the other one? Hendrick will leave because he's already on loan. Um, I think Woodman will leave because he'll want a fresh start and right. So I don't. I think we failed. Newcastle failed Freddie Woodman, and I think it would be the right thing to let him go for a, for a relatively decent fee, uh, with a potential of a of a percentage fee if he makes the big step up and then moves to a big club. Um, I don't think we've 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 not looked after him as well as we should have. He he, Freddie Woodman right now should be challenging number one. He should be the one goalkeeper for us, or certainly mm. challenging it. We failed him as a young player coming into this club, but that was under another ownership. Um, I think I think we've got all the players there that could potentially go, but it's, mm. it's how that it's how that transpires into actual player sales. Yeah, I mean the the likes of Sean Longstaff, Isaac Hayden, and Jacob Murphy could be lucky in that they avoid the chop this this season because, like you say, you can't get rid of thirteen players. And then expect to bring in 13 new players because it just won't happen. Um, so it could be that they go, right, let's give them another six months of a year, see what happens, and then look to move them on. That could be that could be what happens, especially the contract size as well. You know, if the, if we've got players who, um, you know, if there's a player on three years and a player on one year, they probably go, right, get, get rid of the one year value from the player who's got three years because they'll still have two years left, if that makes sense. Um, right, so there's a few of these, Pete, where they're just, quick ones so just yeah. go with go with it go with your gut um dan smirnoff says in talk sport they were saying bale should go to newcastle not on my list to be honest what are your thoughts on that uh yeah it, I, i've already talked about that before uh gareth bale um an outstanding supreme talent in his prime um i i i, I don't think he's motivated outside of playing for wales if i'm honest no, I don't think I don't think Gareth Bale right now is a motivated footballer playing outside of Wales. He went back to the club that made him in Tottenham and barely looked like he wanted to be there at all. He didn't look mm. interested whatsoever. And I think Mourinho found that quite early on that he wasn't keen, that he wasn't motivated as a player. He's only motivated to play for Wales. And um, it wouldn't even surprise me within the next year that Gareth Bale retires. He's won everything. He's won everything he needed to at club football. He was never going to win anything at international football, but he's won everything he could possibly win in his career at 32, 33 years old. There is nothing more Gareth Bale needs to prove. He doesn't need to prove anything, he, but yeah. he was a supreme talent. Do we go and sign him? He's on 500k at the moment at, at Real Madrid. They, they would want him off the wage bill. Uh, would, 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 we, would we go and pay even half of that 250? I, I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't pay that money for him. I think £250,000 a week could go on two or three quality players that are up and coming that could really improve our first team, let alone our squad, for £250,000 a week. We could buy two or three quality players and use those two hundred and fifty grand a week for that, um, yeah. in my opinion. But, um, yeah, Gareth Bale, top, top talent, not for me, not, not for Newcastle. No, no, I agree, mate, I agree. Um, we've spoke about this player before, but it was a while ago. Uh, just going back to Botman, if he decides to go to Milan, how about Nico Slotterbeck from... Ooh, is he Freiburg? 
I think so. He plays in Germany. I think it's Freiburg. Yeah, he plays in Germany anyway. Yeah. But, um... He started for Germany at the weekend um, or, or the back end of last week. He started mm-hmm. as a left-sided centre-back. So he's, he's starting for Germany as well, which will add a little bit to his price. But yeah, top, top talent. Like he, yeah. he would be the next. He'd be he'd be the next guy in line. We yeah, want definitely. another left-sided centre back. Um, there's been links with Lloyd Kelly. Um, Lloyd Kelly, I think, will come up and play with Bournemouth. I don't think we'll sign him. I don't think Bournemouth will allow him to go unless we pay stupid money. In which case, we go out and go into the European market and buy yeah. Bottom or sort of bet. But yeah, great option. Great alternative. Yeah. It's a good show. Uh, interesting one from our main man. Double O Stato, Keith. Um, evening lads, if Everton get relegated this season or stay up and have a mass clear out at the end of the season, is there any of their players that you would take? So, for ironically, Luca Dean would have been one of them um, way back when, uh, when you know we never had Matty Target and obviously when he was at Everton. Um, so he, he definitely would have been one for me. Um... I'm I'm struggling. Oh, we actually, yeah, there's one. There's one player um, who I would be very interested in, and I was pleased to see we were linked with him the other day. Don't know your thoughts on him, Pete. In fact, I do kind of know your thoughts on him, but I don't know how you're feeling about him. It would be Ben Godfrey. Ben Godfrey, right centre-back. I feel really sorry for Ben Godfrey, and I've, I've been singing this tune for a while now, saying that, you know, since he's been at Everton, he's been slotted in at right back, he's been slotted in at left back, and I think just let the lad play centre back and get and give him consistent game time in a in an organised settled back four. And I think under Eddie Howe, uh, if he was given that opportunity, I, I think I think I think he'd be a decent player. He's an Eddie Howe player. Um, ben Godfrey is a terrific talent. Loved him at Norwich. Wanted us to sign him. Gutted that he went to Everton. Everton had the money and was splashing it around at that point. We obviously had awful owners at that particular time that we didn't have the money to buy him. I think Eddie Howe would, would love him. Um, but I only think he would be a LaSalle's replacement. If we if we had bidders for LaSalle's, I think we would look to then move him on at that yeah. point. I yeah. think I think if Ben Godfrey became available, I think Newcastle sign him with a view to moving LaSalle's on in the yeah. summer. Yeah, he's a natural replacement. Yeah. He, he would be perfect. If you had a right centre-back pair, well, two right centre-backs in the team, of Ben Godfrey and Fabian Shah, you're not you're not doing far wrong. Ben Godfrey's their best centre back, other yeah. than Yeremina, but Yeremina is very rarely fit. He's he's had an awful injury history. So for me, Ben Godfrey's their best centre back, but they're playing right left back, as you said. He played left back against us. Like he must be thinking, what the hell is going on here? But he's a terrific player. He just needs to be coached. He's got the worst manager possible in Frank Lampard because he's not a coach. He doesn't know how to coach players. Certainly not centre backs. Um, so yeah, uh, but the, the other, the only other, the only other one for me. Um, uh, in fact, there's two. There's two more for me that I would consider. Uh, Decore as a midfielder. I don't think he'd start for us though. I think he'd no, be, I don't. I think I think he'd be a squad player, but he, he would, he's one that I would consider. Not guarantee. Um, he's like a, he's like an upgrade on Moody Army, isn't he? He's probably yeah. not good enough to be in the uh, starter, but he's probably of the Moody Army ilk, and he's yeah. better than Moody Army. Yeah, for that reason. And the other one that I would consider is Damari Gray. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about him. Okay, Gray's yeah, a top player. Um, 
you know, uh, I think he could do. He can. He, he can play on the left. He, can, he probably plays on the left, but can play on the right. A good alternative. Um, gives gives something different to St. Maxi and and Ryan yeah. Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, we would like to improve better in those in those uh, in the wing areas um, than maybe Damari Gray. But I think he, 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 again, he's a terrific player. Um, there's there's you know, if you're looking at anybody else, it's maybe Richarlison. I personally wouldn't. Um, I think we'd, I think we'd be looking for better in the summer. Um, and his attitude stinks. I, I yeah. don't like his attitude, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's what he he was in the back of my mind, and then I thought, mm, is he is he the kind of player we want to bring in? I know obviously you'd have the link with uh, Bruno, wouldn't he? But I'm, I'm not we, too sure. We moan about ASM. He's worse. Which yeah. honestly worse. His attitude's worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as we said, he's just a, he, as we sang at Goodison Pete, he's just a shit Joe Linton. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> right. Um, Gary Milliken says, as Mr. Gallant said earlier, so he's referring to Paul Gallant, um, nine games left. How many points? Ooh. It's a tough one, really, isn't it? It is a tough one. I mean, I suppose what you could say, Pete, which might be easier to answer off the top of your head, um, how many points do you believe we'll get to this season? Not bearing in mind who we'll get them against, but where, where, what what can you see us finishing on? Bearing in mind, I think we're on 31. Am I yeah. right in saying that? Yeah. I, I, where can I, you realistically see us finishing? I think by the end of the season, we're on 40-plus points. Yeah. I think, I, think yeah. We end the, I think we end the season above 40 points, in my opinion. Um, it, a good end to the season, you know, uh, with wins with wins against Wolves, Palace, Norwich. Um, Burnley. Wolves, Palace, Norwich, Burnley. Um, that puts us, what, what was that, 43? 43, yeah. And there, there'll be the odd draw in there, I'm sure. Yeah. So if we won those four games, that puts us on 43 points. Mm. There's a potential to win against Leicester, get something mm-hmm. against Spurs, and get something against maybe Arsenal at St James's Park. Um, you know, it could be more. We we could finish for, we could finish higher than Bruce and Rafa's season, potentially. Yeah, yeah but potentially. I, I think I think we'll finish we'll finish in the forty point mark. I think yeah. we'll get I think we'll get at least nine points. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think we'll hit forty, no bother. Um, Lee G asks, and I don't know what Pete's answer to this will be. Uh, would you boys take Eze from Crystal Palace? I'm saying um, I know what you answer. I think uh, any concerns around that injury, Pete? Uh, no, uh, I would prefer Elise. Yeah. If you're if you're asking me for if you're asking me for any of the wingers at Palace, I think Zaha is just his age. He's 29 years old. Good player. I think he'd do well, but he plays on the left, just like Set Maximin. Uh, he doesn't like playing on the right. I just don't think it would work in terms of the balance. But Elise plays on the right-hand side, can cut in on his left. Young player, terrific talent. I think France are looking at him, as well as one or two other countries that I think he he's, can qualify for. And he's getting better and better. For me, for me, he's already ahead of Eze. At least say he's already ahead of Les- Eze yeah, yeah. in terms of his levels. I think he's a terrific talent. He's a guy that I would go out and pay 25, 30 million for now because he will get better. Um, and yeah. I think he's the type of character and the player that would thrive under playing at Newcastle United. 
So I would sidestep Eze and go for Elise. Good, mate. Yeah, good. Um, well, we've hit two hours 15, but Pete, we've still got some fantastic questions. And I know I said I wasn't going to do this, but let's go to two hours 30 and then we'll stop. We are not hitting, <laughs> we are not hitting three hours tonight, Pete. We can't do it. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, Alan Thompson. Pete and Chris, the Wolves, go, oh, I mean, going back on goalkeepers again here, Pete, we could, we could go to four hours if we start talking goalies again. But <laughs> Pete and Chris, the Wolves keeper, had a tremendous uh, season, uh, whose defence has been one of the best this season. So I think he's referring to Jose Sarr, yeah. who replaced um, Rui Patricio. Patricio, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great shout. And I'll tell you what, he's a man mountain as well, isn't he? I think he's six foot six. Um, so not a, not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. Very good goalkeeper, but always on the verge of playing European football next year. Could There's be, no could be hard to tempt him, couldn't it? Yeah, could be hard we're, to tempt We're not tempting a player like that out of, out of Wolves. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening, personally. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a, I think that's a, a fair one. Um, okay, so Lee Evington says, lads, another aspect to consider is where is the money in European football? I'm not saying we're going to spray money around, but where else is money going to come from? Um, PSG will spend this summer. PSG will spend this summer. Well, if Mbappe's off, which by the sounds of it he is, they're yeah, going to have to, still- aren't they? And I was being, I've been speaking to a brother about PSG for a while because, as I say, he's been a PSG fan for 30 plus years. Seems to get older. He's obviously a journalist. And there was a there was a small period around January, early Feb time, where there was talks that Mbappe was going to sign an, an extension. Yeah, I remember you saying. And then uh, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you, but as soon as they got knocked out by Real Madrid, it was off the table. And, and he, he he's he's ninety eight percent gone to Real Madrid. Like he, he's already his mind's already gone. Now he was the one player that was keeping them ticking over. Even with Messi and Neymar in the team, those two were underperforming. Messi's been shocking, absolutely shocking, embarrassing at times this season um, in Liga as well as as the Champions League. He's been awful. Um, but he wants to stay another season potentially. Neymar wants to leave but no one will be able to afford him um and that's why the links with newcastle came out because we're the only ones that probably could afford him but we're not going to pay that sort of money for him so therefore he'll probably end up staying at at, at, um, at psg but angel di maria he's 34 years old needs to move on and herrera they want rid of idrissa gay they want rid of um, there is a number of others. Julian Draxler, who feels like he's been there for an eternity. Yeah, and, yeah, he feels and, like he's been playing football for about 40 years. Yeah, and only played like three games in the last six years. And he's yeah. a terrific talent. I remember when the takeover first happened and I thought, you know what, Julian Draxler in January, bang, perfect signing. But yeah, he just seems to be happy sitting on his money. But they, they are going to move a number of players out. There'll be a shift in a number of players that they will move out the team in order to uh, rebuild again and to start that rebuilding process. So what are they going to need to do in order to rebuild? Spend some money. So yeah, that they'll be the alternatives, the guys that will have the money to spend. Man City will probably spend again. They'll spend the Harlem money and they'll probably improve in one or two other areas. Um, you know, uh, as, a, as another right-sided centre-back, don't rule out John Stones. 
John Stones does not look happy at the moment. He, you know about me and John Stones. I know about you and John Stones. And, uh, I'm smiling because uh, I hope Jeff's watching at home. Yeah, he he's not that. in the chat tonight, but I hope no, he's watching see him. because yeah. he, he's not happy at the moment. Uh, and he's, what, 28 years old and barely kicking a ball for Man City or England at the moment. Not good enough for a player of his quality. He needs to play him. He needs to have a team built around him. He'd be a, he'd be another fantastic signing. You know what? I think Pep Guardiola. If we came in with a with a with a decent bid, I think Pep Guardiola would say, you know what, go and play football somewhere else and look to replace him. I think Man City will spend a little bit of money. Man United have to spend money. They have to. Don't have to. Yeah. Their team, their team is not good enough. Mm. You know, and they've got players like they've got Martial that's gone to Seville and. Seville after what two months have already decided, I think, and um, that they don't want to take him permanently, and that they're already looking at moving him back at the end of the season when there was a deal pretty much in place to take him permanently. So they've got a player there that they they're going to want to get rid of. Marcus, haven't, Rashford, haven't they? Yeah. Haven't they just given Bruno Fernandes a new five-year deal? Not signed it yet, but they're but they're 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 discussing a new deal with him. They've got to replace Paul Pogba. Um. Uh, uh, Juan Mata's contracts out, Lingard yeah. contracts out. Um, they are renowned of, to having a big squad. I think Nemanja Matic, I think his contracts out in the, in the summer as well. Um, I said Marcus Rashford's got a year left on his contract. They do not want to make the same mistake with Marcus Rashford that they did with Jesse Lingard in the, allowing him to go into his last year without him signing a new deal. Because if he doesn't start or he doesn't play well or some things doesn't go right, what's then going to happen is then they'll end up moving elsewhere on a free. And you do not want Marcus Rashford at 24 years old leaving at 25 years old with at least seven or eight years left in his career on a free transfer. Because you know who's going to lap that up? We'll lap it up. We'll take a player like that. That's for sure. Um, So... There's a lot of there's a lot of money that's going to be around for certain clubs in the summer. Chelsea are going to want to improve. Um, Liverpool have got no money, but they, they you know there's a question marks over Salah. If Salah doesn't sign his new contract, I don't, does anyone know when this contract's out? For, so, for some reason, I'm thinking it's this summer. But no, then, I think it's next summer. Right, then some people are saying it's next summer. Yeah, it's not this summer because they wouldn't have let it run down that low. I yeah. think it's next summer and they're trying to do it now so that they're not in a, you know, like a Jesse Lingard situation where Salah goes, do you know, what? I'll just stay another year and then I'll do get a mega bucks move to Madrid, Barca, PSG, and I'll go on a free. You don't want that. Don't be surprised if Mohamed Salah gets moved on in the summer. Don't yeah. be surprised if it, if it happens. No. And, and one of the clubs that I've just told you about needs to revamp their team in PSG and will have money to spend. And we'll go, okay, got one year left on his contract. He doesn't want to sign a new deal. Let's do a deal with you, Liverpool, and let's pay. Let's pay 100 million for him. Give you 100 million for him. You're going to get nothing for him at the end of next season. Let's give you 100 million. Okay, 110 million. And all they'll be doing is using money that they would have spent on Mbappe to get that deal done. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and pay and pay the wages that Mbappe were on. It, it's, yeah. it's a straight swap. Uh, Mohamed Salah for, for Mbappe. That, that, yeah. That's what I think they'll, they'll look to do, um, personally. So, yeah, that, that, that could be a deal to, to keep an eye on, too. Um, yeah. Because they've already effectively signed his replacement in Diaz. They've got Diaz, Jota, Mane, 
Um, obviously, Firmino still in there. Um, Divock Origi is not a bad shout either. Yeah, mm. he'll, he'll be he'll be kicking about because his contract's out in the summer. Yeah, interesting. We've got Jordy Toon for life. You have to remember we need a squad of players. Some will be happy to play the odd games, but you can't replace everyone in one or two windows. And do you know what, Jordy Toon for life, as always, mate. Really, really good point. Um, interesting one for Menu FC Luke ninety eight. If Almanon leaves, we should target Lingard. Do you, do you think the the Limbar the the Limbard, the Lingard boat has sailed? I'm um, I'm not so sure that we'd be going for him now. I don't think that we will get Jesse Lingard. Um, I think Lingard was already primed to, to move to West Ham in the summer, um, and obviously we were linked with him, and we were the only ones that could get him. One because Man United were not willing to do a deal with. West Ham because they're both fighting for top four and two um, West Ham are more than likely going to be playing European football next season which is perfect for Lingard to move from Man United to West Ham and still play European football at what 28, 29 years old is a perfect transition for him um, we're selling a project which is fantastic but a project takes time um, Jesse Lingard's going to want the here and now um, so therefore, I think he's gonna. He'll probably go to West Ham. He's really good friends and still keeps in touch, uh, as far as I'm aware, with with Declan Rice and one or two other players in the squad. So he's already got a rapport and a relationship with a number of players there, including the manager, who managed him at Man United as well. So uh, I think that's for me. That's not even a deal that I'm looking at. It was either it was either now or never. It was either January or not at all. We're, we're for me. We're, I don't think we're gonna. I think I think we'll offer him something. I think we'll offer him a big contract, but I think he'll turn that down to go to West Ham, personally. What about you? What do you think, Chris? Um, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think we'll sign him. I don't think we'll sign him. Um, I think he's probably already got one eye on West Ham, like you say. And also, I feel like that, that ship sailed for me. Like I think, I think there'll be other targets. I'm not saying he's not on the list, but I think he'll be after the big signing on fee, big wages. And I think even with his age, I think they'll just be looking and thinking, no, do you know what? There's probably there's probably players with better numbers out there. That would be my my opinion. Um, so, no, I, I don't think we'll go for Jesse Lingard, personally. Um, right, Pete, again, I'm conscious of time, so I'm going to ask you for quick, quick fire answers to these questions because I want to try and get them in. So, Paul Gallant. Hi, Chris Pete. Where is the European places? Just asking. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, but I think it's top four for the Champions League and then fifth and sixth for Europa League. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Fifth and sixth for Europa League and then I think it's seventh for uh, Europa Conference. Europa Conference, right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's Europa Conference, but I'm not sure if we still get, potentially, depending on how the Cups fall. So if the top teams... uh, um, end up winning both the Cups. So Liverpool won the... Yeah, it affects the places, doesn't it? I think it opens up an additional place. Mm. Because obviously, if you win the FA Cup, you get a European spot. So I think it opens up another place. I'm not sure if it then, and I don't know this for sure, whether it then allows three European teams, three Europa League teams, Mm. and then the Europa Conference goes down to place eighth. Yeah, it might be that. So it, could be was, like, so it could be top eight that gets you Europe, potentially. Yeah. 
I always remember that one year, uh, Everton fans were fuming. Not that they, they didn't have any other reasons to hate Liverpool even more, but I remember that year when Everton finished, I think it was fourth or something, but the rules were different. And it was like, oh yeah, um, Liverpool won the Champions League, so they get the extra spot. It was something like that, and Everton didn't qualify for the Champions League because Liverpool won the Champions League. It was yeah. just one, one of those, but I know the rules keep changing. But um, another one, Pete, interesting. Um, quick view on this. Would you guys sell Wilson if we could get twenty million back this summer? No, no, I I agree. I I, I don't. I still feel like he's got more to give. Um, so no, no, I I agree with that. But great question. Um, this is a really good one. Um, Dad says swap Saint Maximum with Paqueta at Leon. I saw that earlier, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, look, I I think we'd be mad not to look at Lucas Paqueta in the summer, because if we don't look at him in the summer, another team is going to tap him up, and he will he will tear it wherever he goes. He, they obviously signed him from AC Milan. I was shocked that AC Milan sold him in the first place because he, he played well for them there. Um, but obviously, playing at Leon, doing really, really well. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't swap him for Alice at maximum purely because I believe that we could have them playing together. Yeah, personally. yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's a that's a good one. That's a good point. Um, this name I've not heard before, so you may know more about it. Mad Mag Mark. I can't go out the show without saying Mad Mag Mark. Um, would you guys go after a young right back, Jed Spence from Forest, in the summer to work as an understudy to Trippier? Brilliant player. Brilliant young player. Um, the only problem we've got is that he's actually on loan from Forest from, I think, Middlesbrough. I think he's from Middlesbrough. Oh. So he's actually on loan from Middlesbrough at Forest. And I think they're around the same part of the table. They're like literally fighting each other out for promotion. Um, but I don't think that Middlesbrough saw the trajectory in Spence's career this season than what he's had. And I think the FA Cup has really shone a light on him because he's been outstanding, particularly in the FA Cup games, but he's had a good season for Forest. Um, and I don't think we'll be the only Premier League team that will look at him. Um, I'd be shocked if the likes of Palace, Brighton, one or two other teams like that are not are not taking a look at Jed Spence. Um, however, if Middlesbrough get promoted, um, they keep him, and I think he goes into their into their first team. Um, and Jed Spence and, and Brendan Johnson on that right hand side have been have been tearing things up. Yeah. Um, they're, they're playing there together, pace, defensive ability, uh, trickery. They've both got it. Um, in their in their respective positions, very very good player, um, good young player as well. I, I'd love to see him sign him, but yeah, I, I, th I think we go with Mancilio and Trippier personally uh, yeah. in the summer. I think I think that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I believe so too, Pete. I I, I agree. Um, couple more. We are United. Are you guys going to the Leicester game? If so, where will you be drinking pre-match? Now, I'm not going to the Leicester game. Uh, we are United. I don't know if Pete is. Normally, um, pre-drinking, um, I'll have to let you know next time we're, we're you know next time we're uh, we're going. But um, normally, um, oh, saying that, no, hang on. Have we got we've got Leicester at home, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. We went to King Power, didn't we? I don't know where that come from. Yeah, um, normally I go to Dog and Parrot. Um, you know, obviously to say hello to Steve and uh, Malcolm McDonald's. But um, 
otherwise, I've had the Pint and Rosies, which is right by the grounds. That's pretty good. Um, and obviously, you've got the Irish Centre. But, Pete, where do you normally go pretty much? Uh, well, the last time I went to Dog and Parrot before we went to yeah. uh, St. James's. So, up there, yeah. um, try and get in the store with strawberry bread. Oh, it's so hard, though, isn't it? It's a nightmare. And even after the game, it's even worse. Um, and then, obviously, the, the new renamed Shearers. Um, mm. we, we tend to definitely go there next time. Yeah, yeah. We, we try and get in there for a few. But, yeah, I, I've, uh, I'll be up for the Leicester game. Um uh, taking the family up, we're having a few days up in the Oh, yeah, week. you're going with your daughter, aren't you? Yeah, I yeah. remember you saying, oh, bloody hell, yeah. My daughter's yeah. first game at St. James. Oh, her first God, game yeah. ever. Wow. And it's be her first experience at St. James's Park. Wow. So I'm absolutely buzzing. She plays for, the, game. plays for the school team here. She, she started to really get into football. So oh, to see that experience, like, that'll be it. Like, um, yeah, I, th- I think she'll be sold. But, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. So we're having a few days up in Newcastle. Um, staying with with, a, uh, with my friend's family, um, so we'll be in and around the city, and then yeah, we'll be it's Easter Sunday now, so we'll be we'll be there for the game. Um, not that I'll be doing too much drinking, because I'll have a little one there, but um, we'll, we'll pop around a few bars, we'll pop in, yeah, yeah. Parrot and one or two others, and see what's going on. So yeah, looking forward to it. Should be good, good man. Good man. Um, life goals. So yeah, I love this one. Life goals. Is there any chance we could pay a small amount to have some Pete and Chris car stickers made up? Your faces and fans for them written beneath. Life goals, John. If you're watching, you know the, the, this is the demand. This is what people are after. Um, you know, supply and demand, as they say. So you do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Pete, that'd be good, wouldn't it? You could have my face on your car, and I'd have your face on my car. It'd be a bit weird if you had your own face on your car. Yeah, yeah, no, Certainly yeah, yours. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can put yours, and you can put mine. Um, th- there's one last one I want to go to, um, and I starved it because we've we've run out of time. This this was it. This was it. I thought Pete Peter loved this from Chulls. Absolutely loved it. As soon as I seen this come up, I started it immediately because I thought Pete. Pete will just like go weak at the knees when he reads this. So Troll says, Botman, Diego Carlos, Paqueta, Nunes, and Osman. See, I knew it. That that I mean, I, funnily enough though, out of those uh, Trolls, and I I shared a concern about uh, Diego Carlos at the time, as in we were overpaying, and I think Pete was quite right. You know, when he was saying it's the January price, and I don't think it'd be anywhere near that price now. And Sevilla probably wouldn't do business with us now because there was 38, 40 million in the offing. And then if we come in and go 20 million, they probably they probably feel, again, uh, to use that expression, they probably feel like that's boat sales. They probably don't want it or ship sales. They probably don't want to go down that route now. They'll probably just keep hold of them. Um, but certainly Botman, Paqueta, Nunes and Ozumet. I mean, imagine getting Nunes and Ozumet. Oof. That's that Wood would definitely go. Wood would definitely yeah. go if them two come in. Definitely. Yeah, um, and if those two came in, it wouldn't surprise me if Wilson moved on to to get those those two in. You you you're being your third choice then. You're lucky to even get a game. Yeah, with those, yeah, with yeah. Those yeah. Two young players in your team. Yeah, Osman can play off the left. Um, he's done it on the odd occasion, but they're both frontline strikers. You're not getting in if you can Wilson if we sign both of them. But for me. I don't think we go for Diego Carlos. It was either now or never in January. And I think he knew that, which is why he put a transfer request in, which is why he tried to force the move, because I think he knew this was the move that had to happen in January, otherwise he wasn't going to get it. Because um, I think he knew that the money that was being on offer was too good to turn down. I think the money on offer 
he knew that Seville really couldn't turn it down because he wasn't, they weren't going to get that much from him again. Um, and yeah, it didn't work out for whatever reason. But um, yeah, I think Botman, Paqueta uh, and, and either one of Nunes and Ozyman would be a fantastic deal. With um, maybe, yeah. with maybe a you know a, a, another another player added into that, um, who that could be could be a free free transfer somewhere, potentially, um, that would be that would be spot on. Yeah, really really good deal. Do you know what I was going to end it on that, people? I've just noticed you've starred another one, and I I, I want to wear this. So you've starred it. I want to wear it. Life goals asked Pete, "What's the most alcohol you've ever consumed, and what were the consequences?" I'm gonna, sorry, I'm just going to get comfy for this one. Oh, no, <laughs> now, I have to say, there's been uh, there's been a number of times it's been a significant amount of alcohol consumed. Um, I've done all day, as I've done 15, 20 hour sessions, like m- like mad ones. Um, probably in my younger days, in, in my early twenties. Um, in terms of beers, 15, 20 pints, sessions, like mad ones, like over long periods of time. Uh, I, I can't think of one in particular. Um, we, uh, we've done a lot of lads weekends, lads holidays. Um, yeah, there's, there's been some good times. Lots and lots of alcohol consumed. That was when I used to drink beer and various other drinks. I'm very much just all about the brandy now yeah no no when you have your spirits uh, the hangover is not as bad is it i've i've, I've realized that now myself I went um, for a long period of, gin is actually the best one to drink because right. uh, gin is is got less calories in uh providing that you mix it with tonic and, and not like lemonades and, and and drinks like that um it's good for calories related and um yeah i find that i don't have as bad a hangovers with drinking gin uh, and certainly yeah with spirits um beers dehydrate you even more and they bloat you up so you end up going toilet a lot more they end up bloating you up very a lot quicker because you're consuming more liquids um so yeah uh, that's why I'm, I, I i just put the beer to the side and just have the odd spirit now and again when i'm on i'm on with you boys <laughs> now and again <laughs> i love it pete i love it now I'm going to go with you, boys. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I'll tell you what, not only do you get Newcastle information and Newcastle, you know, guidance, you also get alcohol guidance, Tom. I mean, yeah. you know, the, what what does this show not do? Exactly. Right, Pete, we're going to have to end it. I know we've gone a bit over tonight, but we were having a really good time. We really enjoyed ourselves. But listen, as always, everyone, thank you so much for watching. Um, we, we, I, I know I keep saying this is probably boring you, but we, we wouldn't do this show. Um, you know, if, if, if we didn't have you guys in the chat, because we love hearing, uh, you know, all your questions. I'm really sorry, by the way, if we didn't get to your question tonight, we've tried our best to whiz through them. Um, so if we didn't get to get to your comment, please shout at us next week and we will make sure that your comment or your question gets up uh, and we'll make sure that we, we answer it as best we can. But as always, massive thank you, Pete, uh, for joining, joining me tonight. It's uh, not the same without you, mate. And, um, yeah, onwards and upwards. Oh, in fact, just before you go, let's have a score prediction for Tottenham. I know it, it feels weird saying that because Tottenham's like six days away, but yeah, we're literally not gonna we're not gonna chat before then, are we? We're on here anyway. So, 
Um, my heart says 2-1, Newcastle. My head says 1-1. We, we take a point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird, though, actually. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Me, I, I do feel like I have a gut feeling we can get something, especially because, you know, like we've had, a, we've had a good chip away by the sounds of it. And, you know, the new confidence, uh, the new organisation, players have had a good rest to a degree, obviously, you know, they've been training hard, but, you know, um, no no match days kind of thing. So, um, yeah, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my head and I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. I think I think one one's a good shout. And a point again, as we always say, a point away from home. It's another point on the board. And um I'd I'd more than more than happily take that. But um but yeah, listen, everyone, thank you again for watching and we look forward to seeing you next week. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs>